Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 206. Yes. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy do who fans Hope you've all had a cracking week And that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related Related Yes Bit of a Venusian Aikido this week (laughs) Yeah Made an appearance Uh, That was nice wasn't it Nice, wasn't it? New title yeah. sequence. Wish I could do that for Nishido Aikido. There's a, there's a few people I'd like to do that to. That would come in handy, wouldn't it? On various occasions. You, I can think of a, a good five or six occasions off the bat that you and I could have used that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one finger as well. Really mastered it. Just one finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. New theme, new title sequence. Mm. New TARDIS. It's yeah. all going on. We got it this week, didn't we? Yeah. Got the lot. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like one extreme to the other, wasn't it? For so many months now, we've had nothing. Mm. And even the first episode, we didn't have anything really. And then episode two, it's all thrown at you. That's it, yeah. Because I said to you, I thought I, w- I would probably have put money on it and lost. I thought, we were, I thought the TARDIS was going to appear at the end. And then I said, she'll go through the doors and it'll end. And then next week we get up the interior. I thought they were sort of going to give us another breadcrumb. And then next <laughs> week, you know what I mean? I thought he was really going to drag it out. But but no, we got it all, didn't we? We got the lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I know, I think I've got an inkling of your feelings of the interior, which we'll talk about later. But okay. I think you've got an inkling of mine. But I don't know what you think of the episode this week. And I don't think you know what I think. So I've been very careful. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been very careful not to blast my thoughts over social media. <laughs> I think I got a bit excited with episode one. I was a bit careless. But yeah, this week, I don't know what you think of the episode. You don't know what I think. It's going uh, And on. I know you don't. I haven't, yeah. yeah, I haven't put it anywhere. So yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to, because it has got a more <clears throat> mixed response, this episode, isn't it? Yes, Definitely it has. a more, because yep. I think, yeah, the majority of people really liked the first episode from from the reviews we got. This week, I think definitely more mixed. So, we'll yeah, be interested mm. to see if we're on the same page this week. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, uh, definitely a more mixed um, bag knocking around. Yeah. You know, before then, though, we have got some some pretty cool news. The usual merch. Mm-hmm. We have our metal friend. Can oh. you do Venusian Aikido on a Dalek. on a Dalek? Um. 
just in case, you know, for when he gets a bit, well, bit I could, lippy. I could try. Norm, normally <laughs> just the cricket bat does the job. <laughs> Channel a little yeah. bit of Fifth Doctor on him. Mm, yeah. Yeah, cricket bat normally does it. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys are all well. What have you been up to, buddy? Oh, I've had a, I've had a really good weekend. Uh, obviously just gone. <laughs> I um, at the last minute bought a ticket to the Phantom event in Chiswick, uh, which is a tiny little sort of convention that they do every couple of months in this little hall, this little church hall in Chiswick. And um, yeah, it was real last minute because I was a bit, bit short of the old cash and I was like, oh, I shouldn't really <laughs> go spending money when I haven't got it. And, and then they added a couple of cool guests and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. And um, yeah, it was great, mate. They, they had a good mixture. They had uh, like Ingrid Oliver was there. You like her. Oh, Ingrid. Uh, oh, nice. Katie Manning was there. Uh, William Russell was there. Who else was there? A couple of people from the the new series who I've completely forgotten. But it was good. I mean, I just sort of went to hang out with, like, you know, our friends ago because, like, our mate Adam, the old Mahoovian, was there and people like that. It was just such a cool, chilled day. And, um, yeah, William was lovely. I've met him a couple of times now. He's always such a gent. And Katie's just Katie. I absolutely adore Katie Manning. She was lovely. Um, And it was just a really good day. I didn't meet Ingrid because... I met her at uh, LFCC, so back in July. So I kind of, I saw her from a distance. Uh, She looked like she was having a great day, actually. Um, Sometimes I think they enjoy the smaller Mm -hmm. events, because this hall, I think it holds about what? 200 people. Yeah, I was going to say. 150 tops, I think. Yeah, it's pretty small, isn't it? So it's Mm. very intimate. It's nice, because you you do get a sort of few minutes to actually chat to them and and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a really, really good day. Got a lovely picture with Katie and uh, and William as well from the professional shoot, so that was good. Oh, the lady was um, Eldred was there. Oh, you know, cool. Eldred yeah. must live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Hand of Fear, <laughs> she was there, and I've never met her before. Judith Paris, I think her name is, and um, <clears throat> she was really, really nice. Uh, so I had this sort of picture of her in full costume for her to sign, and and um, obviously I wanted her to write you know, Eldred must live. And I, I never know because sometimes they don't mind writing their catchphrase and sometimes they sort of roll their eyes a bit and, you know, like, um, mm. uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Victor Meldrew. Uh, a bit of a... Richard Wilson. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's actually really, really nice, but I was too scared. I wanted him to write, I don't believe it when <laughs> I met him at LFCC, but I, I was too scared. But actually, he was really nice. Um, but I do remember a guy in front of me actually asking him to write that, a different signing, and he just kind of ignored it. And I don't know if he genuinely didn't hear him or if he just right. decided to ignore it. So I didn't ask him. But anyway, I was in the queue for, for um, Eldred, uh, Judy Farris, and I, I thought, I will ask her, what's the worst that can happen? And she was lovely. She was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. She, like, she got the picture up and held it to her face and said, uh, you know, uh, I don't look very, you know, have I changed much? And I was like, well, you, you look a bit healthier since that picture was taken. And I had a really good sort of laugh with her. And she, she wrote to Adam, <clears throat> Eldred must live and all that. So that was really cool. So it's not, it's a really nice autograph to have that. Cool. And, uh, cool. I quite like that story from memory. It's been been a while since I've watched that one. We haven't reviewed it, have we? Sarah's Jane's no, no, yep. send-off. No. no, we'll have to get around to that at some point. So, so yeah, all in all, a good little uh, good little geek out in Chiswick with some fellow Who fans uh, this week. It was really cool. Um, haven't had any chance to catch up on any on anything uh, in terms of classic Who. So, yeah, this week's been going pretty quick for me. Uh, so that's all I've been doing, really. What about you, mate? Yeah, um, yeah, just quiet for me, mate. Yeah, not been up to um, any Who stuff, really. Just... Um, uh, 
looking forward to um, the the Earthshock screening we've got coming up in a few weeks. Yes, we mentioned it earlier. So that, yeah. So that's going to be cool. But not much on the radar other than that. Um, the Phantom event um, that you mentioned, um, if anybody wants to check those out, they are very cool little events. If you just go to, um, it's about Phantom, F-A-N-T-O-M, phantomevents.co.uk. They have got a few things um, planned out up until um, partway into next year, the next one, because uh, they do these um, things called signing spectaculars, don't they? Yeah. And the November one, which is on um, Saturday, the 24th of November, uh, is got a couple of classic people there, which might be quite good. Eric Sayward's there. Mm. Uh, a couple of people that played Cybermen throughout the classic years. David, David Banks. Banks. Yep. Yeah. Mark Hardy. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got um, Annie Lambert, who played the Minister of Enlightenment in Four to Doomsday. Mm. Oh, you like the Four to Doomsday, don't you? Yeah, I don't mind it. And um, she, who was she? Was she one of the big green frogs? Yes. Was she? Oh, I'd like a picture of that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll get a guest just to get the picture. Yeah. Like sometimes I've never heard of them. I think, well, who are <laughs> they? But if, if it's got a good picture, like a big green frog, I'll get one. <laughs> a big green frog, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Claire Clifford, who played uh, Professor Kyle in Earthshock. And um, one of the Terraleptil, one of the dudes that was inside the. In the visitation, one of the Terraleptil peeps. I like do like that story. Yeah, and yes. they sometimes pop a few people on there at times. Like uh, you'll normally get a classic companion or two turn up. They had, normally add those on there. Yeah, um, they've they've had Tom Baker a few times. I mean, they yeah. they do they get what I like about Phantom is they get um they get sort of what you might consider small guests, but quite obscure guests. But they're often like really fun to meet, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And then they'll get a couple yeah. of big names as well. So they really mix it up and they get people from the classic era and from the new era. That's what I liked about this this one I just went to because they had, you know, like Katie and Russell from the classic era. And then they, they had a couple of people from the new series, which I, I must admit I didn't bother to meet, but, you know, mainly because of, you know, money, really. I was trying to save money. But um, they had like the kid who was in the gas mask in um, Are You My Mummy? Oh, right, okay. And of yeah. course, now if you think about it, he's, you know, it's like how long ago is that now? Crikey, uh, twelve years? Uh, I don't know. 12. Can't remember. Yeah, he, yeah, you know. So now he's like a full grown because I didn't recognise <laughs> him, you know. And they had the girl from who was in the girl in the fireplace. You know, the girl that oh, that's right, plays yeah. young. Yeah. You know, uh, she was there, and I again, you know, people were showing me photos, and I was like, oh, she seemed nice. Who's that then? So like, oh, it's the girl from the fireplace. Oh, right. You know, and so yeah, and they oh, they had the guy from Fear here as well. You know, the the guy who's like the road. Yep. Yep. It's a council acts with a council thing. There, he was there, and he was getting loads of attention. Mm. So they sort of get, yeah, they get a good mix of sort of, you know, less and you know, smaller parts and bigger parts, and it's it's, it's an interesting mix. It's always good fun, and they're very chilled. I mean, it was it was a strangely mild day considering we're in October. We were all sat outside at the end of it on the chairs out in the back garden bit. Right, just yep. a big group of us, big group of Who fans, just all chatting a load of Doctor Who. You know, that's geekiness. the best part of it, isn't it? It was brilliant. Yeah. I was just thinking, I can't believe it's October and we're all in t-shirts as well. It's just, it's bizarre. But yeah, it was the best bit. We'd all got our autographs. We're all talking about, oh, weren't they nice? And isn't Katie <laughs> crazy? And and all this sort of thing. And Katie Manning just walks past and has a bit of a chat with us because it's it's that relaxed. You know what I mean? She's just like, well, I'm off now, darlings. And what are you all <laughs> doing then? And all this sort of thing. And yeah, it was really cool. It was. It does. It feels. It does feel like a very like the old school sort of type of convention it does, you know absolutely I mean? yeah, yeah yeah it's really cheap as well it's the tickets are only 12 pounds yeah yeah not bad at all yeah if you think about the cost of going to a larger convention like 
the showmasters stuff you know that's <laughs> peanuts compared to that stuff really well i um, was winding up my mate who, who i really wanted to be there who um he was on an iron web to go and he was like oh but i'm saving up to meet oh, i want you know jenna coleman's just been announced for wales you know comic con oh, yeah. it's like oh but i've got a save to meet jenna and you know and i was like forget jenna for, for <laughs> what you'll pay to meet just her you could meet the every single person in that entire hall for the price you're going to pay to meet her, including entry. You know, it's just like, yeah, so it does put it, you know, they are good value. Like are. autographs are normally like £10 each. Sometimes they're five. I think there was a couple of directors there um, and producers, you know, from the classic era. I think they were like £5 for an autograph, you know, and, and some people love that. I mean, some people probably think, well, why would I want to meet them? But some people <laughs> love to get their DVD signed by the, you know, the director of a certain episode and hmm. for a fiver. You know, if that's what they they want, I think it's great. And most autographs are ten. Katie and um, William Russell were ten pound each. Yeah, it's good. None of this eighty to ninety pound malarkey for one signature. Well, that's on foolery. Yeah, exactly. What's that all about? <laughs> I know. Anyway, it's a good event. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, had a really good weekend actually. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's cool. And then obviously Sunday night, I racked up to watch. <laughs> uh, watched Doctor Who live watched it live again this week and you got to see it live didn't you because did. last week you were dragged out but this week you got to sit and watch it live which is good I did I made sure I was there with my little viewing um, accessories I, I so. actually lost my shizzle <laughs> for the first couple of minutes I, I lost it big time <laughs> because we've been watching it on uh, using our projector so we can watch right. it. It projects it onto the wall. So mm-hmm. it's like watching it in a little home cinema. And I kept saying, right, we've got it's like half an hour to set it up because you have to put the curtain up on the wall and switch it on and okay. switch the PlayStation on and the sound bar. So, you know, it takes sort of a good five, ten minutes to set it all up and <laughs> And then you sit down with your drink. So you're ready. You know what I mean? And I kept, because the thing is, I'm not, I don't, I'm not very good with technology, as you well know. So I leave it all to my partner. I'm like, come on, make sure it's all ready. I don't want to miss, you know, the opening credits this week. I don't want to miss it. Yeah. So gets to 10 to, he's still watching the blimmin' TV or whatever he's doing. And I said, 10 minutes. It's only 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 He says, anyway, sort of. It's getting to like two minutes before the blimmin' start. And I'm like, will you get this blimmin' projector set up? And I'm getting quite stressy now. <laughs> so I don't know what happened, but he sort of gets it, switches it all on as if to show me how blase quickly he can do it. But then the iPlayer cracked up. Oh, what? So then it so then it had started and all we had got was that blimmin' thing going round and round. You know, like on your computer when it's loaded. Oh, the little buffering was, thing, yeah buffering thing i was going mad <laughs> i can just imagine and the, yeah. and, the, and the more he tried to correct it to get but he's like oh maybe if we go to the home button and and, and that then it started playing country file because he'd pressed the wrong he'd press instead of pressing watch now he'd press watch from the start so and i so i was just going mad so i was about five minutes into the episode i missed the beginning <laughs> And I just was going ballistic. So I was like, so I put the TV on and I was in a strop and I was like, I've missed the opening credits now. And I was getting all moody and grumpy. And then while while I was sort of half watching it on the TV, he managed to get it sorted. And I turned the TV off and we watched it. You know, you can sort of watch mm-hmm. from the beginning, like yeah. live TV, but you can go back. We watched it from the beginning. So I was sort of about five minutes behind real TV watching it. Right, on right. The projector, if you know what I mean. But yeah, you, I can tell you, mate, there was a lot of blue language in those five minutes because I was all day I was, we was at home all day (laughs) 
that is exactly what it was like. It was chaos. It was chaos. And it won't, I don't think it'll happen again. Oh, buddy. Uh, there was an atmosphere. But anyway, I did. I did <laughs> anyway, I did get to see it almost live. I was about I was about five minutes behind the rest of the world, but I did get to see it. <laughs> it was it was a dreadful. <laughs> so when when the when the first step was going out, I wasn't able to um to be there to watch it live. This one, you weren't able to watch it live off the bat. Maybe <laughs> no. next week, the two of us will sit down and we'll, we'll watch actually... it with no disruptions or anything. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> The struggle is real. Yeah. Being a Who fan. <laughs> Anyways, we've got some news to do, so shall we land? Okay. First up in the news... Uh, we have um, some confirmed or consolidated viewing figures, if you like, for the woman who fell to earth. Mm. And um, I'm not sure whether to, to be surprised at this or not. I don't think I'm surprised. Um, the the opening, you know, we, we went through, I think it was like six million or something, six million and something when we spoke about it last week. Mm. Well, they've put all the figures together, not just the overnights, and the the final consolidated one is the highest ever for an opening episode of a new doctor's run mm, which is amazing i'm 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 surprised i'll be honest with you i think when we we were guessing weren't we before the series aired we said let's guess where it'll mm. roughly be and uh considering how far the ratings had slipped for series 10 yeah i, I mean i'm thrilled absolutely thrilled with this figure it's um, crazy yeah. It's really, yeah, I mean, the BBC must be as well, because oh, they must be so <laughs> proud of themselves, yeah, full yeah. of themselves, yeah, but no, it's great, yeah. It's absolutely amazing, it's, um, I think the highest, I thought the highest one before that was the David Tennant one for some reason, I just thought in my head that that was the, that had the highest opening, but it wasn't at all, it was um, Eccleston um, Rose. Rose, yeah, and I yeah. think the reason for that is just because that's when Doctor Who first came back wasn't it that was the opening the big one yeah if you like so that sort of explains that um so this is eclipse that isn't it yeah has yeah so that had 10.8 mil um and jody's one had 10.9 okay so a good ten thousand extra viewers on top of that and then go back to the classic years tom baker's opening uh story got 10.8 so just behind eccleston's um mm. Uh, viewing figures but um yeah when i say i'm not sure if i'm surprised or not is we were surprised at the initial um uh overnight figures weren't we yeah because we were hoping for you know like you said but to for this to eclipse everything that's that's pretty nuts um yeah no it's great i mean surprised in a good way because i mm. mean i expected it to do well um but i didn't expect it to be because it was the most watched program of the week and we haven't been able to say that about Doctor Who for quite some time, actually. Yeah. So you'd expect there to be a sort of renewed interest with the, you know, because of the way the, the program's been promoted with the new Doctor and all this sort of stuff. So you'd expect a bit of a bump up from whatever the five million we were getting for Series 10. But this is all, this is over double. Uh, so that's really good. It's great that it's brought, it's has done what it wanted to do. It's brought new people on board it's brought people back to the show that have drifted off it's mm. it's done the job um definitely i just hope we can 
continue down that road because it is uh yeah it's really nice to see doctor who being so healthy in the in the ratings again it's really good because they have taken yeah. a, i think the the highest one since we've well i think matt smith's story wasn't it since since the show came back if we don't count rose the highest one since then was matt smith's last the time of the doctor oh really i was on christmas day wasn't it yeah 2013 yeah. so taken you know five years to get those ratings you know back up but we'll see um we're going to come on to the ghost monument uh figures in a second but um mm. also we'll do that next week should i say but we'll see how the series progresses you know as we go through to see if they maintain that because that's what we said remember last week after we reviewed the woman who fell to earth we said mm. it's all great it's all fantastic for the most part but we've been down this road before where we've had yeah. you know a decent opening episode so let's see if um, let's see if the momentum carries forward. That's right. I remember, yeah, because with the eleventh hour, I remember it got a cracking mm. figure, and it was like the most watched eye player, and you know everyone was like, "Hey, it's you know it's a success," and then it just gradually <clears throat> drifted downhill after that, didn't it? Uh, yes. With the from the beast below, really. Uh, I know the overnights for for Ghost Monument have been good. Um, I think they're in the seven million. I, I believe I'm right in saying. Yep. Um, so <laughs> again, when they put the final, you know tally on that all the other stuff that they add up that's going to be a good figure as well i think so yeah i think um i think you said on twitter it'll i think sort of mid-series is where you need to gauge whether we're on track yeah i think so sort of episode five six um you know if if we're still getting good viewing figures i mean i wouldn't expect it to stay around the 10 million that'd be that just doesn't (laughs) happen it's it's unrealistic but i mean if it did amazing but um as long as it's still healthy towards the middle of the series then uh, that's when i think you can sort of breathe a sigh of relief if you like yeah i'd say so yeah so yeah excellent uh, viewing figures excellent. yes right in other news uh, we've been talking about this for a while the the william hartnell blue plaque um that uh, there's been fundraising for by dwas the doctor who appreciation society has been unveiled at, at last at uh, ealing studios um so that's really nice i think we we both agreed it was lovely that this this was a thing that they were doing this plaque uh, there was a couple of people in attendance including jessica carney who was the granddaughter of william hartnell uh, and uh, William Hartnell's daughter, Anne Carey, was there with her brother, Paul. Um, also in attendance was Carol Ann Ford, who obviously played Susan in the original episode, and William Russell, who I was talking about earlier, was there. That's he nice. played yeah. Ian Chesterton. Um, also there was Julian Glover as well, who, who starred with Hartnell in the episode The Crusade. So, okay. um, and uh, Peter Purvis was there as well. So there's a nice little gathering for this um, opening ceremony. And, uh, yeah, it's lovely that they've finally got that blue plaque up there for him. Yes, it's awesome. Mm. Um, so Peter Purvis wasn't able to be there. But, oh, sorry, I thought I'd seen him there for some reason. But he did send a message in, though. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, he did send um, a message in. But um, what a cracking uh, tribute to Hartnell. And a really yeah, lovely, cool, yeah. Because um, we kind of championed this, haven't we, over the last month or two, I suppose. Um, really uh, sort of advertising all the fundraising, the eBay stores and stuff, because yeah. I feel like you're probably on, on the same page as me, but I feel like it's really important to have some kind of recognition for the earlier sort of pioneers, if you like, of the show. Because if you don't have, if you don't recognize those early people that paved the way, if you like, mm. for what came afterwards, then you know, it's, uh, well, I just mean it's it, it's important to continuously have that 
in your mind, I think. Um, for any anyone, so this being at Ealing Studios, anybody that's there that's working on anything, really, um, mm. it's just a nice little token to be like, oh yeah, you know, Hartnell was here doing his thing, you know, many moons ago. Yeah. And uh, sort of, you know, like I said, paved the way for, for all of the stuff that we've enjoyed after that. So I love it. I absolutely love it. The Pertwee one is cool as well. That's over at, I always forget this. Where is it? Wimbledon Theatre, yeah. I always think it's Wembley for some reason. It's Wimbledon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Wimbledon, yeah. So that's really cool. We just need a Troughton one knocking around somewhere now. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, where, yeah, that would be really good, wouldn't it? Then you'd yeah. have the three. I love the fact that William and, um, and Carol Ann were there as well. That, you know, the original sort of two. Um, it's great that they're still looking so well and and involved in these things. And I think it's only right that they were there for this particular yeah. unveiling. And um, yeah, so it's lovely to see. Interesting that Julian Glover was there because somebody came up to me at Phantom and said, because uh, there was someone else there from the Crusade. Um, I've forgotten the lady's name. There's an actress there from the Crusade at Phantom. And um, so they'd got a few pictures and one of them had got Julian Glover in the picture. And he said, oh yeah, don't ever, don't ever get Julian to, to sign anything from the crusade oh no he did no he hated working with Hartnell or oh, very bad relationship and all that and now take that of a pinch of salt because things can you know can get sort yeah, of yeah. changed over the years so I don't know if that's true but yeah it just made me when I saw he was there I was thinking oh that's strange someone was only telling me yesterday he could stand William Hartnell <laughs> I was just like <laughs> but so clearly he you know clearly that's um not uh true but uh, yeah it's great it's just great to see to see him being honored I think I, I always assume these blue plaques were in a place where people could go and see them. That's the only thing, you know, like I, I mean, I know it's Ealing Studios. I just stupidly assumed it'd be on a wall that I could go and look at, but I guess it's actually inside the studio somewhere. So in other words, it's not open to the public, this, this plaque, is it? No, I think I'm right in saying that's correct. Yep. That's the only thing that slightly bugs me about it. Cause like with the Pertwee one, I assume you can go into the, I mean, I was there for the unveiling of the Pertwee one. Um, but it's, I don't know where it ended up in that theater, if you know what I mean. It's, mm. I assume you can go in the theatre and see it, but yeah, that's the only thing. I because I'd love to go and see this plaque. Um, yeah, have a little yeah. selfie with it. Have a little selfie with the plaque. Cheeky yeah, but selfie. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, it is great. Yeah, I'm very pleased. Yeah. So they've they finally got it. The yeah. funds to do it. Yeah. Good work. Indeed. Uh, last up, a uh, bit of news. Uh, anyone that likes throwing their oar in, or throwing <laughs> their their two cents in, if you like, mm. will be pleased of this upcoming fan project i think is the best way to describe it so pencil tip publishing uh, have announced their newest um uh, book project that's coming up and it's called what the fans think mm. and it's a series of books uh, where fans will review and assess their favorite television series as opposed to critical reviews by oh, right um a quote-unquote proper reviewers Mm. And um, the first one, it's not actually going to be Doctor Who, but it's going to be Torchwood. Uh, so you'll be able to essentially write your review and your assessment and your critique or your praise, whatever you want to, however you feel about Torchwood, you'll be able to put that all down and they will collate them in a series of books um, and publish it for everybody to read. Um, now, they're kicking this project off with two books. The first one you'll really like, mate. Mm-hmm. So the first one is actually called What the Fans Think, Blake Seven. Yes. Yay. Cool. Excellent. And the second book in the series will be called What the Fans Think, Torchwood. 
And if you do want to contribute to this, if you want to get your review in the book, um, there's a load of guidelines um, over on the Pencil Tip Publishing website. We'll put a show uh, a link in the show notes. Um, but if you can remember it, if you go to penciltippublishing.wordpress.com forward slash what the fans think with hyphens in between what the fans think, uh, you'll be able to um, go on there and read about it and see what you have to do to get your your review in there. But essentially, you just write down and email it. That's the the long and short of it. But there are mm. a few a few sort of little things you just need to to be aware of. Um, but if it sounds like your cup of tea, then go for it. It's um the submissions I believe are already open because uh, they started at the end of September, I believe. Um, so yeah, fill your boots. Go How and do cool it. is that? That yeah. is brilliant. Very very cool. I like projects like that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's a good way of getting. Uh, I know people who love doing the like the the found adventures. They like doing their own stories and stuff. So yeah, very very cool. Indeed, yes. Hmm. That's going to do for news. Let's get our metal friend in. I say friend. Let's get our metal accomplice <laughs> in. Let's see what he's got. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. You wouldn't know it, but supposedly it's going to be getting a bit cooler in the UK. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Very mild at the moment. We've had a bit of rain recently, but it's very mild. It's incredibly mild for October, yeah. Yeah. Knowing the UK, that will change at the snap of a finger. You know we're going to suffer for it. I was going to say, you just know that any second now, it's going to change. Indeed. Yeah. The good news is that the people over at Lavazzi have released um, a new Fourth Doctor scarf in a shorter, more manageable version. (laughs) The burgundy scarf from season 18. 18, yeah. Yeah. I believe they did this with his normal multicoloured scarf. Did they do a shorter version of that? They did. They yes, did, didn't they? They yeah. did indeed, yeah. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of the um, the burgundy scarf that Tom Baker rocked um, back in um, Series 18, uh, but you didn't want to haul around the two-mile-long, very <laughs> thick, um, very, very warm and hot scarf, this might be up your street. So Lavazzi have got... Um, when is this out? I think it is out pretty soon, if not now. 19th, 19th of October. Uh, so, yeah. So, by the time you listen to this, it will be out. It will be priced at twenty four ninety nine, And if you head over to lavazzi.co.uk, you'll see it there um, on the homepage when it's released, along with all their other um, bits on there. Um, so, they are still um, selling the other Tom Baker scarves. You can still buy mm-hmm. those in the big, normal huge version and they've also got the shorter version as well you've so. got the massive long you've got the one that's for like screen accurate haven't you i remember when you bought it and it, it, it genuinely is yeah, yeah, yeah. huge yeah. it's How 18 Tom feet all that every week i don't yeah. know 18 feet 18 feet long yeah wowzers yeah it's ridiculous um but you can buy the <laughs> um the short version there as well as well as the other full size one but not the screen accurate one that makes yeah. sense. But anyway, yeah. the burgundy scarf, the 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 normal one, the big burgundy scarf is sold out. Oh. So if you want the short one that's just about to be released, this could be a um this could be a winner. You think they just got all the uns- unsold stock of the 
of the normal one and just chopped them up to make these little ones. <laughs> no, I'm sure they didn't. I actually love these. I'm going to be honest with you. I love these because they're not, you know, they're not for anything other than just to sort of to wear out as a fashion thing. You know what I mean? They're not, you're not buying it to sort of, oh, it's not screen accurate and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's just yeah. a really cool little thing that you could just wear out in the winter. I'm definitely going to get one of these. I think it's great. I love I really this burgundy do. one. Awesome. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I like the other one as well. It's funny because I'm, I always wind up our friend, uh, big tall Adam, the ultimate Hoovy and our oh, friend yeah. who, who's about seven foot tall. And I always say like, when I put these little tiny scarves on, cause I'm so short, they actually look normal size. You put one on him and it looks like a cravat, <laughs> <laughs> but they are great. I'm definitely going to get one of these. I think they're wicked. Yeah. They also still selling the little Christmas. Tardis and Dalek scarf, if that's up your street as well. Uh, oh right, okay, cool. Yeah, they they've done some great stuff. Um, they have. I forget who the they did the question mark umbrella, but they haven't got them anymore. They sold out. They were very limited because they? they were my yeah. favourites. Mm. Yeah, I loved it when they brought those out. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Cool. Right. In other merch news, uh, Dalek Tat has brought in a fantastic book. This is something. This is so up my street. <laughs> um, as someone who loves the Tardis, so there's a new book out called the Doctor Who Tardis Type 40 Instruction Manual. Oh, it's a mouthful, um, which basically is uh, is by Mike Tucker, uh, who was a visual effects designer for Doctor Who and uh, part of the um, part of that department anyway. And it's just a great book. It just looks at the TARDIS in depth, basically. So it looks at all the different uh, incarnations of the console. It looks at floor plans, specifics of the dematerialization, uh, all the force field and tractor beams the TARDIS has had. It's, I tell you, I haven't got this book yet because it's literally just come out, but I've seen people that managed to to get it already and they've posted pictures on Twitter. It just looks stunning, mate. I don't mm. know if you've seen these pictures that are floating about I haven't, on no. Twitter and stuff. Oh, it's just like, the, you know, like it shows all these, sort of the, you know, like as I said, the graphics of the TARDIS and how it's changed each time. Um, uh, what do you call it when they do like the, when I say graphics, what do I mean? Like, you know, like the floor plans, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you call like it? Like technical illustrations of illustration yeah. yeah just it just looks great and obviously it's got photos and stuff in it and it's got the new console on the front cover as well which is why it's been um under wraps until the episode was released on sunday so it's, it's amazing actually they managed to keep this under wraps because a bit of a big spoiler on the front of the cover there um yeah it just looks and sounds brilliant um i can't wait to get it i think it's quite cheap as well it's about 10 or 12.99 it's not it's 10 uh, pounds from amazon currently yeah which yeah. is great yeah and it's going to be out this week. So if you're listening to this on launch day, it would have come out yesterday at Amazon. Yeah. On Amazon, yeah. should I say, yeah. Um, a nice little message on the back. Uh, the TARDIS has been described as the most powerful ship in the universe. It can take you anywhere in time and space. This manual furnishes users with full operational guidelines. <laughs> Brilliant. A little asterisk, and then at the bottom it says, includes all regenerative updates. So that I think that means every TARDIS up until... Jody, the, the new one, yeah. yeah. I just love it because I love anything to do with the TARDIS, it, and it obviously covers the exterior as well as the interior. Mm -hmm. So it's just this is heaven to me, mate. Honestly, this is like I can't think of a book I would rather <laughs> have my collection. Of this I just love this sort of stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. the price as well. Normally, these type of books mm. are normally at least twenty quid. Yeah, I don't know how big it is. I mean, it could be small, but I don't think it is. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> the pictures on Twitter make it look like a, a decent-sized book. I don't think it's like the... It's not like the little book of help. It's not tiny. <laughs> it might be like the little Mr. Men books. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. I've seen I've seen pictures of, of it. It's uh, 
it's a decent size. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I definitely need to track this down ASAP. A defo pickup. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. a defo pickup, yeah. And lastly for merch, uh, we've got a bit of Titan news. Oh. One, one of them I like, one of them I don't. You know exactly oh, I, I, which I can one. guess which yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> so the first one is we're getting a new regeneration version of the 13th Doctor uh, in the Kawhi version. Mm-hmm. Which looks ridiculous, but I know that's the one you like. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, I do. I know, really. I know you'll be all over this. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll have this oh, up on a geek's at handbag. The basket, you at will. The basket. <laughs> there will be a video on the geek's handbag YouTube channel as soon as this. I'm sure of it. As soon as I get them, yeah. 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 So that's the first one. Those little six point five inch Kawhi versions of the, the little Titan figures. Uh, so she's wearing um, Capaldi's clothes, essentially. Um, I don't know why they don't just say that in the description. Because in the description, they said the doctor's still wearing, you know, the tailored navy overcoat with the deep red lining. So she's just been traveling through time. And well, essentially, it's just Capaldi's outfit. Yeah, wrecked. Wrecked and, and mm. yeah, shabby. Um, so the, I don't know when that's coming to the UK, though. I honestly can't. Uh, well, I'm assuming it's been and gone because these things normally do. Well, when they released, you mean? Because yeah. they were, uh, what were they? They were a New York Comic Con exclusive. So now that's all out of the way. Um, well, it looks it looks like they... the 21st. Yeah. yeah, there we go. 21st of October from ForbiddenPlanet.com. Yes. 20 quid. For that? 20 pounds. Yeah. But that's the one you don't like. Talk about the one you do like. The one I do like, yes, is the little TARDIS. Same yeah, little, Tardis. yeah, the little as part of the little six point uh, five inch range again. It's the Comic Con exclusive, the New York Comic Con, not the San Diego one. And uh, it looks beautiful. I love this little Tardis. It does look cool. Oh, yeah, it does. I absolutely love it. And it's, um, I mentioned this before, but I'm pretty sure that Jodie's Tardis has got this real kind of. Uh, you probably can't see it, mate. I know you're you're color blind, but it's got this real little turquoisey hue to it mm-hmm. it's yeah. got such a cool little look to it and they've, they've yeah it just looks really good for the size it looks really detailed and, and awesome so I will probably pick this one up oh you have to get one of those yes yeah, your shelf needs one of these I shall be getting I shall be getting one yeah. oh, in fact I've already pre-ordered it <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can't wait to get it I love the look of the Tars I like the look of the Kawaii as well I wasn't um wasn't too sure about them to begin with, but I actually quite like her in that oh, <laughs> velvet through time jacket. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I love the TARDIS. I think that looks absolutely cool. A lot of people are saying, um, but it's just a repaint of the of the Temp Doctors because <laughs> the sign's the wrong size and blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking everything on a Titan is the wrong size. <laughs> like if you're going to worry about that, you may as well not buy it. Um, but yeah, I know, I know what they're saying. It's the same as they've, yeah, you know it's yeah. the same um, mold as they've had before with every other TARDIS because they did the Christmas one, didn't they? Which I loved. I love that Christmas TARDIS with the reef on the front. I've you got, got one of those? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we we both got one in a smash box, didn't we? Yes. Um, yeah. So let's hope that when we order this one, it arrives in a unsmashed box because it looks it looks freaking awesome. Can't wait to get that. When's it out? End of October. Twenty first. Uh, that'll probably go back. But anyway, yeah, looking forward to getting that. Yeah. Although from Forbidden Planet, you do have to pay an extra four quid delivery. Oh, they're deliveries, man. So it's twenty. It's nearly 25 quid for a tiny little... Just freaking press the button, Gary. Just do it. 
Just do it, man. Just do it. Well, try and, what I do is I try and get a load of stuff together so that I pay because you'll pay five pounds no matter how much you order. That's so true. if you order yeah. if you order just one of those TARDIS, you'll pay a fiver. But if there's anything else you want from FP, get it at the same time because you'll still pay a fiver. It is a bit annoying their postage thing, but yeah, that's very true. I'll tell you what I recommend. Although I don't know what it's called, but there is a really nice comic book just come out with the 30 doctor on the front and she goes through all her previous incarnations throughout the comic and i don't know if you've got it you may have been sent a pdf of it actually i think it's called the lives of the doctor yes i've seen that yeah now that is lovely that is a really nice comic so maybe you could add that to it but you may have got the pdf i'm not sure but Uh, i do yes that's a nice thing to have (laughs) awesome source yeah not that i'm encouraging you to spend of course you're not (laughs) of course yeah might have to track down a couple of collectibles then on Forbidden Planet. What about the Barbie? The, bar- the, the Barbie. The 13th Doctor Barbie. Um, yeah. You don't want that. I know you wouldn't order that. It's sold out anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's gone, yeah. 55. I must admit, I, I think I might have already said it. I was tempted with it as a little, I thought I'll get one just so I've got it because it's something a bit different, you know. Yeah, and now I saw the price. It's like £55 for a Barbie doll. No, forget it. You must be mad. Must be mad, but obviously obviously somebody will, will pay it because yeah. they've sold out. <laughs> There'll be some little girl chewing the face off of it and <laughs> yeah. wrecking the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be on eBay for like 150 quid, aren't they? Because it's a limited are. edition. Yeah, yeah people, are, people are obviously buying them up, waiting to sell them. I hope, yeah, anyway. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Yeah, chewing the face off a, <laughs> Just a limited his... edition Barbie. Yeah. yeah. There's probably a, a, a Doctor Who fan that has bought it and says, all right, we'll keep this in the box because it'll be... Turn, put, it, <laughs> turns around and the kid snaps his head off. <laughs> yeah, the kids just rip the box apart and taking it out and no hair now and covered in spit. And <laughs> Shaved its head. Yeah. It's got an unusually long neck as well. I don't know if you've still got the picture in front of you. It's got a really long neck. Okay, right. Yeah, it just looks a bit strange. Anyway. 50 quid's mm-hmm. worth of strange. 55 yeah. quid's worth of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Righty-o. Oh Needs and merch is done. Yes. What are mm. we reviewing this week, my friend? Yeah, so episode two of series 11, The Ghost Monument. Now, I know this is a bit of a shock. Well, you could say that. I mean, we have been dumped in space. We've got spaceships crashing all around us. Now we are marooned on a planet that everyone else is racing to get away from. All right, anyone can focus on the negatives. You can get us off this planet alive. I promise. Riley was a test of survival. How far will we go? How will we react when challenged? It's the ultimate test. How are we going to die? Not if I've got anything to do with it. Finally, a big feast of lives. The Ghost Mm, Monuments. Yeah. I knew it was going to be the TARDIS, didn't you? I didn't didn't know. No, no, really? No, I didn't know. No, I I saw that coming. You knew it, was it? Okay. Yeah, could tell. Professional. (laughs) I'm with it. (laughs) (laughs) The Ghost Monument was first broadcast back in the 14th of October. 2018 mm. it was written by the chibbers i think he stopped writing them now i think it was the first two wasn't it that he wrote yeah uh, that's right yeah. yeah yeah so chibbers wrote this one as well it was directed by mark tundari tundari i hope i'm saying mm-hmm. that correctly uh it stars obviously the tardis team and with a very small 
very, very small supporting cast, this one. Yeah. Uh, the story is pretty basic. The, the Doctor and the team, uh, based off of the cliffhanger from last week, uh, find Great themselves... cliffhanger. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. Uh, not where they thought the TARDIS was going to be, or not where the Doctor thought the TARDIS was going to be, so they're just stranded in space. Uh, they ended up getting picked up by a couple of... Um, which at first I thought were humans, but they're not. They turned out to be aliens from planets I've never heard of before. They mm-hmm. scooped them up, and these guys are in the middle of some kind of epic uh, interplanetary race where the winner gets like, you know, it's, it's like a lottery win essentially, and their family gets saved and quality of life and all that lot for the rest of their lives. Uh, the Doctor, um, uh, it's kind of the Doctor and the Tarnas team kind of get. Um, dragged into it in their final bit. So these two aliens have landed on this planet called Desolation, and that's the final bit. Their final task is to find the ghost monument, uh, which we've learned relatively early on that it's just the TARDIS. And the Doctor explains that... Um, it, uh, they, they say that it appears now and then, and the Doctor explains that because the TARDIS has been damaged, it's like phasing in and out of time and space, which is why it's not there all the time. So they've now got a common goal. So those guys want to get there to win the, the race. The doctor and the want, and the team want to get there so that she can get them home and she get, gets her TARDIS back, etc. And then along the way, they learn a few things about this alien race, um, which seems to be a sort of ongoing thing, it might seem, throughout this series, which is the... <sighs> begins Stenza. With a, the Stenza, that's right, sorry. Uh, so the Stenza, it turns out, is... Um, sort of done a number on one of the aliens' planets and now they don't have a very good quality of life at all, so she's fighting for her family in that respect. Uh, and then the other alien just wants to prove himself as a bit of a a bit of a dude. Mm, bit of a lad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it turns out that they won the race joint jointly. The Doctor sort of says, you know, we, we're all here together, so go and tell the dude that, you know, we've, we've joint won the race and clicks his fingers and off they go and then the doctor finds the TARDIS and we see the new TARDIS yeah both inside and out so yeah episode two then buddy Mm. what did you think I quite like it right (laughs) yeah I quite like it Um, but I did find it a bit slow Um, so I sort of enjoyed it but I don't know for a second episode it didn't have the punch that I was hoping for so I was also a little disappointed in it. Right. Um so I'm a bit torn on this one mate because I, I suppose I'm sort of watching it hoping it's keeping those new viewers on board and I don't know if it did <laughs> enough to do that. It really sort of slowed down in the middle because like when I watched this for a second time yesterday mm-hmm. and I was bored I genuinely but about halfway through we're on the boat and I was like oh god this does really drag like get on with it um so I, yeah I kind of like it as an overall episode right but I was a bit disappointed in it as as a because as I was like when when we left the doctor at the end of you know episode one she'd got a new costume Jodie was you know now fully into her role as the doctor we got all the regeneration stuff out of the way let's get into our first adventure and it sort of you know it did that to an extent it kicked off of all the exciting stuff on the spaceship that was crashing and all that kind of action and it's really just the middle part i think i just thought you know there's a good sort of story in there and it's a nice simple story just this race I just felt there could have been a bit more tension. And um, right. one thing me and my partner agreed on after watching it was the that there was a good episode there, 
but the sort of execution perhaps wasn't as good as it could have been. Like for us, what was really missing from this episode was the tension and threat. Um, so like those those droids that were shooting. Sniper bots. Sniper bots. Mm. Um, they were just useless. I mean, I've, I, you know, they were the worst shots ever. They were the stormtroopers um, of Doctor Who. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They just, they just, yeah, there was just no, for me, there was no tension there apart from the bit when, uh, um, what was his name? Epso sort of had that thing wrap around his mouth and that was quite, you know, that sort of made me sort of wake up a bit. Um, so I think, I don't know, I think it'll be one of those episodes that sort of once I've, you know, the series is done and and all that, I'll go back and I can probably sit and enjoy it. But just as the second episode that I think should have had a bit more punch, as I said, to keep those new viewers sort of like, oh, this is, a, you know, it, it just didn't have that. It was just a little, it just sort of took its time. And I guess you could perhaps say that takes it back to the classic era, but not saying it's, it's a bad thing. It just didn't, it didn't sort of have the excitement that I was hoping for, really. Right. So it's a bit of a sort of middle ground for me on this one. Yeah, I don't by no means think it's bad, but um, I don't think it was that great either. I think it could have been better. Yeah. What about you, mate? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of with you on it. Yeah. In that respect. Yeah. Uh, I, I so wanted to, for this one to be even better than the opening yes. episode. Yeah. For the same reasons as you really, we've got the regeneration out the way and we've, she's got a costume and stuff. We might not have the TARDIS yet, but mm. she's got a costume and a Sonic. Let, let's, like you said, let's crack on with a really cool first adventure. Um, but I found myself just really wanting a lot more out of it after the episode had finished. Yeah. And I think the main reason for that, and I, I think you said it as well, that there, there just wasn't enough of a threat in, in the, the story at all, really. And it, it kind of felt like the, op- the opening episode in a, in a way where it, the... Let me put this in a way that doesn't sound like I'm a complete idiot. Um, like the opening episode, although the the villain was like Tim Shaw was a fairly good alien, I suppose. Mm. Um, it felt like he was there just as a mechanism to get our main characters through the story. Yeah, you know, he wasn't in any way, even though he was quite scary at times. I didn't feel like in any way he was going to trouble them too much. And I know it, what you mean. And it yeah. felt the same with this one. It felt like the sniper bots, the remnants, you know, the little toilet paper monsters. And, you know, it, it felt like they were there not as a decent threat and a proper, uh, you, you know, caused our TARDIS team too many problems. They, they were just there as an offshoot of where, you know, essentially the story was we need to get from A to B. Yeah, that that's basically the story, mm. and what we should have had is like a like a really cool chase kind of story where the 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 monster or the villain was kind of set up at the beginning, mm. and then throughout the story there's this will they catch them will they won't you know it's like hot on the heels of the the guys getting to the ghost monument, but it just fell it didn't have that at all it just like these little in, interspersed bits where these little flash in the pans. Uh, little moments like we could have had some really cool stuff with so when they get on the boat or about to get on the boat I think it is the doctor realises that there's like these flesh eating microbes in the water that's it in the water yeah. yeah yeah. but nothing happened with that 
it was just oh, you know, the planet's covered in these, you know, horrible microbes in the water. Mm. But they didn't revisit that whatsoever. Nothing happened, so there's no threat there. And then the sniper bots, as you said, were just useless. Yeah. And then the toilet paper monsters, we had that one scene. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, we had that one scene where the guy's being choked and suffocated. <laughs> And then they sort him out, and then that's it. They're they're off and they're done. So never going to look at toilet paper in the same yeah. way. <laughs> so I felt a little bit like, and don't get me wrong, I I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a mm. good, you know, a decent enough watch, and I wasn't. Um, I didn't sort of come away thinking, oh no, series eleven's now doomed. What's you know, it's, yeah, it's all yeah. gone to pot. I didn't think that. I just thought, yeah, that was good. It was a good watch, and I enjoyed it. But it it, it could have it. Oh, it's that age old thing with, especially with with modern Doctor Who. It's that. It could have been amazing. Mm. It could have been, but it just kind of, it's got that glass ceiling at 80% that you can't, it doesn't seem to break through, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think a lot of it was down to the direction? Because vis- uh, sort of uh, visually, it looked fantastic, didn't it? Like the, the episode itself looked brilliant. It, it just looked incredible. Uh, and the music was on point again. It's, you know, the sound design was excellent. Mm. But, you know, like you said about those bots those droids what are they called the, the sniper bots the sniper bots yeah do you think the director could have made them a bit more threatening because i mean they did just literally just shoot you know Rack. anywhere and miss everyone because there is only one shot i think of their actual face as well you get this quick quick yeah. shot of their face which they look kind of interesting i was thinking you know we need to see a bit more of these guys and i just felt no threat from them whatsoever when they were chasing them and i kind of thought like you know, if the director had sort of, you know, just made him a bit more menacing, that, that it could have brought something more to the to the story, really. You know, I don't know. It, like you said, uh-huh. I'm trying to sort of work out where, because I do like the actual storyline, and, and and it looked great, and there were some really good scenes, there were some nice character moments, and we, uh-huh. you know, we got the reveal of the TARDIS at the end, which, you know, brings the score up for me, because that was sort of, I think without that, reveal without those last five minutes i think this episode would have been you know yeah, yeah a lot worse off for it so i'm sort of trying to think so what is it about the episode that, that didn't work for me and i just wonder if some of it's down to perhaps the direction a bit because it is that lack of threat i think that that sort of because mm-hmm. it, it didn't engage me enough i suppose that's why I, that's why i think we needed a bit more threat i just i was happy watching it but i just wasn't on the edge of my seat or, or totally hundred percent engaged in it. I mean, yeah, yeah there was yeah. a bit in the middle where the guy was on about his mum, you know, telling him to jump from the treehouse, and, you know, lovely moment and all that. But I was just thinking, guys, where, where's this story going? It didn't seem to flow in a natural way. You know, it didn't seem to build up. It just seemed to sort of drift on, like you said, from a to B yeah, and then we yeah. get a nice moment with the TARDIS. So, yeah. I just wonder if it's down to the direction. I don't know. I'm not putting it solely at uh, Mark Tonderia's, well, you know, Tonderai. I think that's Tonderai. Yeah, not putting it all at his feet. I'm just sort of thinking that because I do think there's a really, really good episode in there. I think it could have been really, really good. And some people really enjoyed it. I mean, as I said, the response to this has been massively mixed. Uh, a lot of people loved it. You know, a lot, uh, a lot of people really, really enjoyed this episode. So that's, you know, it worked for them. Um, but yeah, I just felt it, it, it just lacked something for me. No, I agree. I think, I think it's down mainly to the threat because it would have been cool to see. I think um, a couple of our listeners who sent reviews alluded to this as well, where when they was on the boat and the doctor had already mentioned about 
the flesh-eating microbes. Mm. I assumed that one of them was going to fall in the water and that was game over. Mm-hmm. So did I, actually, yeah. I would have put my money on uh, Epso as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, was, I thought that was going to... I thought, is it gonna? Yeah. So when the doctor mentions that, after she scanned everything, you think, oh, okay, this is like a little key that's what's going to happen. You know, someone's mm. bound to get eaten by the microbes or whatever. But I think that yeah. was just adding to the... And here's another thing as well. They really sold the idea that this planet was this... Uh, just as the name suggested, this kind of desolate planet that was, you know, out to out to sort of kill anybody that's, that that visits there essentially. And yeah. um, the when they're in the tent at the beginning, you know, with the hologram dude. Yeah. Um, he said, "Don't travel at night because things, you know, bad, you know, bad creatures are out at night essentially, which is the toilet paper monsters." Yeah. And. As soon as that happened, I thought, right, we've they, they've used another sci-fi story now. So last week it was Predator, essentially, for the woman who fell to Earth, mm. and this week it's um, it's there's a, a Vin Diesel film called Pitch Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's exactly the same thing where they <laughs> crash they crash land on this planet looks exactly the same as this. It's like this desert planet with a couple of yeah. suns or three suns, but then at night these monsters come out and it's unsafe to travel. So they've done that, you know, it, it seems like each week maybe they're just going to mm. pick a sci-fi film and just use the story maybe. <laughs> when are they going to do E.T.? E.T. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought, okay, so they're obviously going down that that road, if you like, and mm. you know, just using other sci-fi, which is not a bad thing at times, you know, it's... um. Sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it must be, you know, there's been so many films, but I suppose it's difficult sometimes to... To come up with an original idea, it must be really frustrating. So I have to think, yeah, I've got one, and then someone says, "Oh, but that's a bit like uh, yeah. the thing." I saw that last week. Oh yeah, oh drat. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I kind of yeah, now you've mentioned it, I can kind of see what you mean. Yeah, mean about that. So I think it just, I think the the problem with it is, it was it had too much familiarity with other sci-fi. It didn't feel like it didn't feel unique. Like this is a groundbreaking concept that we've seen. You know, that Doctor Who's bringing to the screen. Yeah, and the monsters just didn't really do anything. No, that's they, the they problem. Were, yeah. I think the monster of the week, if for want of a better phrase, was, yeah. was quite weak this week. <laughs> this week. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> but did uh, did you think um, there was a little part of me when they sort of came over the desert top? And they saw the tent in the middle of the desert. There's a little part of me that was like, oh, please let this be Greatest, greatest Show. Gallic. Yeah. You yeah. know, part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please yeah. let the, the, you know, the, the chief clown be in there. Um, and I was hoping that was a kite, uh, sort of rattling in the yeah. wind and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, but no, alas, it, it wasn't to be. But did you think that as well? When you saw the tent in the sand, did you think Absolutely. Yeah, as yeah. soon as I saw yeah. it, I was like, oh, here we go. That would have been so cool. You can yeah. have some crazy so, clowns running around. Suddenly a black... Um, you know, funeral car or whatever is going to drive yeah, past, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. But, um, but no, alas, it wasn't to be. Uh, as I said, the episode visually looked fantastic, didn't it? I think I don't know where they filmed it. South Africa, I think, was it somewhere like that? I don't know. But, you know, it's had, Africa, again, yeah. it's had some money yeah. put into it, and the spaceship CGI when it was landed and all that looked looked brilliant. I thought it looked really sort of good. You know, yeah. Yep. Um, so it's, it's it ticked a lot of boxes. It probably sounds like I've been a bit negative on this because um, it definitely ticked a lot of boxes. And uh, just quickly going back to the very beginning, the opening credits that we got to see for the first time. Mm. Um, let's just quickly talk because for me, 
they didn't disappoint. I thought they looked beautiful. Yep. I yep. absolutely, yeah, did you? Because uh, yep. I, I was shocked to see some people on Twitter, well, I suppose I shouldn't be because it's Twitter, but I saw some people saying, <laughs> oh, they were ghastly and worse. I was thinking, are you joking? I thought they. I thought the opening credits looked fantastic. The best, in my opinion, since the show came back in 2005. I just think they look so good. And the music, the best theme since the show came back for me as well. So that got me off to a great start. I mean, I really did think they, you know, they got that absolutely right, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I absolutely love those. The opening, just the music as well, and the beautiful, the whole. Yeah, it just it's got a really lovely. It it's definitely got a classic Who feel to it. Oh yeah, you know, it definitely feels like a a Pertwee esque bakery kind of feel to it music and you know visuals what, what did you think about when the you know the doctor who font finally appears mm. in the credits you like i mean that was it just was done really well i thought yes you know like in the tenant era it used to sort of roll to, sort of away from the screen and back <laughs> and this one it kind of sort of floats in if i can't try and think how it does come on now but i just thought it all it all worked for me it really did you know just look fantastic i thought yeah and it's got um and what I, the thing I like about it as well, we we get back to that kind of eerie, um, eerie, yeah. creepy kind of feel and vibe to it. Mm. Um, I thought we might yeah. get a picture of Jodie's face. You know, sometimes they used to put the Doctor's face in the credits, and I was thinking, is she gonna? But she doesn't, and uh, that's okay. I don't mind that. I, I think maybe it didn't need it, but. I bet you somewhere there's a test version where they've put Maybe. in, you know, they like used yeah. to get like Trouton's face coming towards you through the vortex. Um, I can, I can imagine it. Can't you? I can imagine Jada's face sort of in that vortex, maybe giving a little wink like Sylvester or I don't know, but it, as I said, it, it's, it's no worse for not having it, but I can also imagine it being in there. It does definitely have that classic yeah. sort of Pertwee Trouton vibe to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, but updated, you know. Yeah. I don't know what you mean about the logo, but kind of, it's like these particles that sort of That's appear yeah. and then it, the logo, and then it sort of turns and, you know, and goes go past the, oh, it. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was lovely. Yeah. And just the quality of it as well, like the visual side of it. Like as, you know, when the logo's gone through, got like this sort of bubbly effect and then there's this star field that looks like, I'll tell you what it looks like. If you've seen this film called Interstellar, Oh, before. yeah, yeah, I've seen Interstellar, yeah. yeah. Like those sort of space scenes where they're sort of travelling via oh, the black gorgeous, hole. That. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got that kind of vibe to it, but it just mm. looks gorgeous. I, I, this is probably, it's up there. It's definitely up there with like the best opening theme, I'd say. Oh, I, I, I love the theme. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the graphics and all that side. I think the, the, the new theme tune. Um, I mean, like the whole thing, the, in, yeah. the intro as, as a whole. Yeah. You know, the music and the visuals, it just... It's got that real, because Jodie's face is not in it, and we don't have the TARDIS. That's another thing. The TARDIS doesn't no, make TARDIS, an appearance. Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't got the typical um, sort of time vortex circular tunnel, if you like, that we've seen over the years. Because it's got a quirkiness to it and a strangeness, and it's got that old bassy classic, it, it just feels like suspenseful and creepy again. Mm. You know, it, it's awesome. I love it. And it's also, it's a bit, it's one of those intros as well that um, I think you'll know what I mean because this is going to sound a bit odd, but I look, it's going to be one that I look forward to seeing each week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, you know, like we all have our favorite intros, don't we? So for me, it's the 
pert we with the sort of blue laser beams that turn into the vortex. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's sort of, uh, I love that. I think it was sort of from his last season onwards. But, you know, and I always look forward to it. Like, I'll never skip the intro when I'm watching DVDs because I love just that. Absolutely. And this is going to be one of those intros that I just will look forward to to, to seeing each week, you know. Because, mm-hmm. like, for example, so, you know, for, like, the Matt Smith title sequence, I wouldn't really be too bothered if I sort of missed that and just come in as it had just started. But this one, I really want to see it each week. It's got that, it draws me into the episode, if you know what I mean. It's almost pulsating, isn't it? The whole thing's just, yeah. sort of, goes so well with the music. Um, and the, you know, the end credits, I don't know if this is just me. It says, because it pulsates in and out mm-hmm. and the credits are rolling up, it, some, it sort of messes with my mind. I don't know if it does <laughs> that to you. I don't know if it's anything to do with being colorblind or or if it because it's sort of to me i can't really explain it it sort of um it almost looks to me like a bit like sort of rubbing your belly and patting your head it's as if one's going one way and the other's going the other does it do that to you or is it just my um it really messes with my head each week the end credits yeah a little bit it's sort of a little visual trickery if yeah it sort of tricks your mind into yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I. Yeah, I, I just I don't know if I can explain it, but it just yeah. The the end credits just sort of mess my mind up somehow. But but I love I do love the intro. That's that's got a big plus from me. Yeah, it's really and the colours are cool as well. Like it's really yeah. deep purpley, bluey hues and stuff. It, yeah, it all fits perfectly. And I can't wait to see this type of. I hope they put this type of thing on packaging for merch and and stuff. I hope they do. Yeah. Because I know they've got the bright yellow, fiery-looking logo. Yeah. But this one yeah. with the... I know it's still that logo, but it's got like that purple glow around it and, mm. you know, some other stuff. And once the logo's gone past through the screen and then you get through to the next bit, that whole Starfield-y bit, I hope they use that kind of thing on some packaging. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's funny because... I was convinced we were going to get something like, you know, that teaser we got where the rock through, um, flew through the sort oh, of, yeah, yeah. you know, there's all that fire and brown colors and, you know, like that glistening glow. I thought it was going to be along those lines. This is a much darker, yeah. sort of more moody intro, isn't it? And I, again, I'm really pleased about that. And I'd like to see on the packaging because the packaging we've got so far for Series 11 merch has been very bright and quite sort of, um, for want of a better word, we've both said it a little bit sort of more aimed at the sort of child market, isn't it? It's been very yeah. bright colours. And yeah, I think this would be, this would work really well on packaging for the new series. Yeah. Indeedy. Yes. Uh, okay. What did you think to, okay. So storyline and stuff, we're, I think we're in agreement. It wasn't the strongest again. No, it wasn't. No. And one thing that will, does niggle me about Chibber's writing. And I was worried this was going to happen. And it's exactly what is happening he always seems to have a slow build-up with a fast resolution. Do you know what I mean? Like, the wrap-up to the episode was so quick. It's like, yeah, that's done right. Uh, Where's that TARDIS? You know, it's just... And yet we'd had this really sort of slow build-up to it, and he does that a lot. I mean, Power of Three kind of did that. I think it had such a great sort of build-up, and then the resolution for what there was of it was just over and done with. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things Chibber seems to do a lot. Um, and I think he was very much guilty of that with this episode. So, I think, yeah, Power of Three. Yeah, it's the same sort of vibe, isn't it? It's um, it's just that sort of, you know, build up to nothing again. It leaves left me feeling a bit sort of, oh, is that it at the end of it, if you know what I mean? As I said, if it wasn't for the TARDIS scene, I think my score would have been 
at least a couple of points lower this week. Right, right. Because if it had ended just like that, I'd have been like, really? Is that it after all that? You know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit, that's one of the things that I was concerned about when with, with Chibnall as a writer. But he's great at characters. He's absolutely brilliant at characters. But it's just, I don't know, his sort of um, storytelling, I think, sometimes is a bit uneven. Yeah, it hasn't like got a, um, yeah, like the payoff is great, but you've, you've you've had to go through a bit of a slog to get there mm. and it's not really a, a well sometimes well in this one it was a decent payoff because we got the new tardis reveal and all that stuff yeah and i like the stuff but, with the cigar that was a nice yeah that was you know cool. she yeah. the way she threw up in the end clicked her fingers and that was great i thought oh cool yeah so that's a good moment but um yeah it just all felt like a bit of a build-up to nothing yes mm. yes uh, so story-wise not the strongest. I mean, last week we could forgive a little bit. Because, yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel like last week it was literally all about Jody and the companions mm. getting those guys set up and getting to know them. And so there's some, we relate to them and, you know, yeah, and all exactly. that stuff. So Got although, a job to do, yeah. Yeah. So although the story was, you know, kind of important, we could forgive it a little bit because it's the first one, if you like, almost like a rose situation. Mm. Um. I mean, the episode, Rose. Yeah. Whereas this one, now that we've got all that out of the way, you know, it's it's harder to forgive because they should be not worrying about, you know, the cells reforming in my body now. That's all done. Shouldn't mm. be worrying about um, where's my Sonic and all that stuff. It's all been done. My costume's there. It's all been done. Um, one thing I will say just to get this out of the way quickly as well, is I think you mentioned it earlier that, uh, like last week, it looks fantastic. It did, yeah. You know, Production-wise, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So whatever whatever cameras and lenses and all that stuff that they've got in to do all this stuff, keep those keep those around. <laughs> you know, yeah. keep using those because it looks just phenomenal. Remember when we reviewed some of the old Matt Smith stories and we said, oh, this looks brilliant. You know, it mm. looks, mm. this is a another level isn't it this has gone up a notch and oh it's definitely yeah and stuff um so sniper bots we've spoken about the little water microbe things that we never get Mm. to see because it appears that the doctor can just see those it looks like yeah maybe she's using the sonic a bit um because that's the other thing that i've noticed as well she already the 13th doctor is using that sonic a lot um and I'm, i'm slightly worried we're going down that matt smith uh, problem really because it used to really bug me how much the 11 Doctor used to swing his sonic around right. every five minutes it got overused um, and for me I, I think we're going down the same route a little bit you know she was wielding it around throughout pretty much the whole episode wasn't she that sonic um, and I think that's how she I don't know I might be wrong mate I think that's how she discovered the microbes wasn't it wasn't the sonic waving around at some mm-hmm. point she's like oh yes i'm picking it all up and i don't know did you think that I, especially on the second watch i was like she is wielding that sonic around all the time you know a wee bit yeah it's just yeah, yeah just just reminded me a bit too much of how the 11th doctor used to do that but we shall see we shall yes mm. um so what about the toilet roll monsters then because they were the only things that provided somewhat of a of a threat, and I quite like the, quite like the idea of what's happened on the planet. So yeah. that that was a cool little backstory for it. So the Stenzer had essentially cleaned the planet out, 
of, mm. of life and it, it, it forced a load of the scientists to create these um these these monsters what they called the the remnants the remnants yeah great yeah. name yeah mm. so they had forced them to create these these creatures these remnants so that part of it i quite liked that little backstory about the planet and just reinforcing what looks like is going to be an ongoing thing this stenza um, it does doesn't it yeah yeah so that was okay i didn't mind that that was fairly good um but the scenes with those in we only had two decent scenes really the first one was when um what was his name epso uh, epso was getting suffocated by it yeah and they heard him screaming and they you know they rescued him fairly quickly so that was kind of cool. And then the other scene is when they get sort of confronted out in the desert. They get surrounded by all of them. Oh, that looked great. That yeah. was cool, yeah. And they did this, they used this kind of concept, didn't they, where the remnants used their own sort of fears against them. They was mm. able to pick up on their um, their innate sort of fears and, and scare the crack, crap out of them, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. It just didn't last long enough. And that's you know. that's what I meant about Chibber's writing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because they were, I think they were a great, creepy idea, you know, especially that scene where Epso was getting suffocated was uh, brilliantly horrific. You know yeah. I mean? It was, there was a proper who moment that. Um, yeah, they should have been used to more effect, I think, because the what's name bots were, were useless. They may as well have not been there. Whereas these had a real threat to them and a real creepiness to them. Yes. So yeah, they should have used them more. I get they only come out at night, but uh, yeah, you know, come out at night. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mostly. <laughs> what, uh, when we had that, would scene. have been funny if they'd talk like that, would not it? <laughs> <laughs> I see you. I see you. <laughs> Turn into wheels of garbage. What's um? Tina's flask. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? Because we had this new reference to the Doctor that we've not heard before. I don't think, anyway. So the remnants call the Doctor the timeless child. The timeless child, yeah. Which I really See, like. I but what did you reckon to that? Yeah, I really liked it. But I, yeah, I didn't get, because I, I sort of had to watch it again, you know. Oh. I was thinking, right, what's he actually saying? Because I couldn't work out if he was calling the Doctor the timeless child or if he was saying something like the timeless child is coming or I, I wasn't sure what the timeless child thing was all about, but I like that. Um, I hope we pick up on it again. I hope it's a little thread. I hope it's a little sort of bad wolf type thing. Maybe. You know? Yeah. 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 I, but do, do you think he's calling the doctor the timeless child? I think so. Yeah. Right. Because okay. I think what they're doing is they're, I have no idea how, but they've obviously got some kind of psychic power, if you like, mm -hmm. that they can look into someone's history and from that history, they can then draw out all the things that they're scared of and stuff. So yeah. I think they've gone back, they've looked at the Doctor's history, which must be, I can't believe it took them a split second. Because of everybody <laughs> in that group, you know, the Doctor's yeah. probably got tons of, you know, tons of stuff to go through. But So I think they are referencing the Doctor in their history. Right, okay. But, yeah, but I just like the I just like that little... The way I that, do. Yeah. The timeless child. Yeah. I like it as well. I'm I don't know if it'll just be a throwaway thing if they'll never if we'll never reference it again, but I I hope we do. I hope there's a little bit more to it. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting as well. It brought again, it was one of those moments that brought my attention up because I was starting to drift off a little bit and I was like, Oh, what was that? Timeless child? You know, yeah. So it was. It was a good little moment. Yes, it was. And I hope they do reference it again or use it in some way. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. a little bad wolf thing or Mm. Mabes. Mm. Mabes. So the toilet roll monsters, not 
I think if they were set up at the beginning of the story and, and they were the ones that, that were chasing them across the planet, that would have been cool. Just, they were okay, just needed more of them, really. Well, if, if we, yeah, because I think by the time we realised what they were, we'd only just got to know about the threat and then they were taken out. If we'd have seen them at the beginning, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe if the episode is sort of, if we'd have had a couple of nights on the planet so we could see these things slivering about, what was that? And we sort of got the feeling that, while they're on that boat, something was following them or after them. That would have added a little bit more tension to the episode. It's like, oh, whatever that thing is, is, you know, yeah. is, is catching up with them. But we didn't get any of that, did we? We literally didn't really know about them until our episode decided to have a nap and then suddenly they were sort of introduced. But, yeah, it would have been much better if they'd have been introduced sooner, I think. Yeah, well, there was a little bit of exposition earlier on where you saw, like, some cloth wrapped around something and it was yeah, right the around wind. the tree. Yeah, something like, like that. But, but it didn't. We didn't know what it was. It was no. like, is that? I thought it was just somebody died and a bit of their clothing. That's what I it thought. It could have yeah. been anything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So they should have been used more. I think. I would say so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the sniper bots were bloody useless. I think we've absolutely rubbish. That. Did you know what they? That whole section could have done with just not being in there. That, well, it, uh, yeah. It, you know, it just didn't provide any. It didn't. It didn't move the story forward in any way. And it, it was filler. It was filler, absolutely. And it was just a little comedic moment for Ryan, just to, you know, he's got that a little grin on his face. Call of Duty, yeah. Thing. Now, what did you think of that scene? Because a lot of people didn't like it. They thought it was ridiculous. Um, it's a bit of a contradiction in terms for me <laughs> because the whole thing with Ryan is that he's got this dyspraxia thing. Yeah. Which means that his coordination is not on, but yet. You know, he's out there perfectly shooting. Oh, that's a good idea. I never even thought of that. Do you know what I mean? He, he's yeah, out, he's I hadn't out there thought about that. Yeah. Running around and shooting at the same time and all that mm. stuff. You know, you wouldn't associate somebody who can't ride a bike and can't coordinate with somebody that can jump Shoot and perfectly. run around. And, you know, so, so it felt a little bit that, that whole thing, that whole scene just was not needed, I don't think, in terms of story or character stuff. And the way the doctor. You know, the whole um, EMP thing, what was it, electromagnetic pulse, or whatever it was that, that took them all out. That, that was just a snap of the fingers. All right, that threat's gone now, as we were. Yeah. You know, get your lunchboxes, we're on. You know, I, I still don't know what she did, even on the second watch. Was it the Sonic she's pressing or what? I don't know. I still I, don't know. You don't know. Okay, I thought it was just me being in yeah. a, a Wally. Uh, even on the second watch, I was like, is she, was she actually pressing? Is it the, the Sonic? I still don't know what she did in that yeah. scene. I don't yeah. know how she did that but anyway yeah i don't know man mm. I don't but know. i agree with you it was filler is it it was again it was just another bit of chase you know and another bit of endless chasing running scene and then that it, it yeah didn't add anything to the story no which is a shame because they could have used mm. that time to um give us a few little toilet rolls slithering around <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> like out the corner if you are like <gasps> What was that? What was that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, moments like that would have really brought this episode up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like we, when R2-D2 is going through. I'll tell you what this story was. This, based, this story was essentially pitch black set on Tatooine mm. with stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. Think about when R2-D2, he's gone off, C-3PO's gone the other way in the desert. He's mm. gone another way and he's just slowly trotting down that bit and you know the little jowers are there. So Yeah. It's uh, yeah, so as he's going down, you see a few rocks fall down. You're like, oh, something's there. What's that? Yeah. 
you know. And then they could have had that kind of build up, couldn't they? Absolutely. With, with stuff going on. But so this is what we say all the time. Just we get just in contact to, and we'll tell you. We'll we'll let you know we'll how to do come it. Come out and have a pint with us, Chris, and we'll just yeah. we'll line all these little things out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what will happen is Chibbles will be like, right, we'll do that then. Right, Gary and Adam, come and advise on what this story should be. We'll do that. And it'll be like the worst story yeah, yeah. that's ever gone out with the worst ratings. We'll be like, ratings right. plummet to yeah. 0.1 million. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so uh, monsters and stuff, not really threatening, could have been more. Yeah. Um, what did you think to the chemistry then between the characters? Because at the mm. end of The Woman Who Fell to Earth, we had the very long, all of the guest stars that are going to be appearing throughout the series. <laughs> yeah. And I think they they did say, they did show um, Sean Dooley, I'm pretty sure they did. He was one of the people that was going to be think so. Yeah, I don't probably. think they showed Susan Lynch, though, who played Angstrom. I don't think she, was she in it? I can't remember. I definitely remember seeing Sean Dooley, though. I yeah, I honestly can't remember. My gut feeling is she probably was there, but I can't remember her there. But anyway, maybe I, I don't know. Mm. Um, so, in terms of sort of performances, because they obviously are there, they are competing against each other, mm. and there was a like you said, Chibnall's good at writing characters, so there was a very good contrast between the two. You can see that Epso's motivation for doing it is just for bragging rights. Essentially, he just wants yeah. to be. You know, he wants to prove himself as, you know, the person that won the race and all that stuff. Whereas Angstrom, she's more of a well, she doesn't really care about the, 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 the sort of trophy polishing at the end of it. She just wants to make sure that her family has, you know, is taken care of and safe because they're in potential danger. Because going back to the Stenza thing again, um, the planet that she's from um, has been sort of overrun by the Stenza, and mm. you know, it's. It's not a good time at all. So I really like the contrast between those characters. They could have been very similar. You know, they could have just been, you know, we want to win the race. Yeah. But we don't know why. We've just been written that way. Just, you know, so there was a nice backstory there between the two of them. Did you like the chemistry between those two? It was very... I did as well. Sassy at times. Yeah, no, I liked it because there was a sort of tension between them, but it, it didn't go down that predictable route of squabbling. So they had their differences, but they were written better than that so they there was a tension between them but they also slightly liked each other didn't they so there was a sort yeah, of yeah. there was a rivalry um and you know they annoyed the hell out of each other but there was also a slight respect for the other one so they were quite rounded it wasn't just two squabbling aliens you know man and woman squabble <laughs> hey, i'm better than you and all that sort of stuff it, it was that's what i mean he's he's good at writing characters um chibnall because they were more, much more rounded than that and uh, and I actually really liked them. I I was worried at the start that um, Angstrom was going to be annoying because I think she says when the spaceship's blowing up, whatever it's doing, when she's sort uh, of talking to Graham and that, she's quite sort of um, she was a bit lippy, wasn't she? Oh, at right, the very yeah. beginning, I thought, oh no, is she going to be one of these annoying, mm-hmm. mouthy? Characters? But she wasn't actually. Apart from that scene, she actually, you know, I really grew to that. And the same with Epso. Actually, I thought he was going to be that sort of typical. You know, um, stereotypical, annoying. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a geezer, you know. And <laughs> but I really warmed to both of them. I I, th- I really liked them, and I like the interaction between the two, yeah, as well. Um, yeah, it was good. Again, I think you could have played up a little bit more on the on the rivalry side of it, but uh, no, I like both of them, and I thought performance wise from those guys. So Sean Dooley's episode, uh, I thought was a, a nice performance, and uh, Susan Lynch and Angstrom. Am I saying that right, Angstrom? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought both of them 
really gave a great performance and I would have quite happily seen a bit more of them you know if they were to if they were to come back into it at some point I wouldn't mind I thought they were quite quite strong I thought there was a right. bit more there to learn from them as well um so yeah I thought they were good both of those guys oh cool yeah yeah because I thought it got um just to reference them in terms of story again I thought the story got off to a cracking start you know when mm. They, they find themselves on separate ships and that whole yeah. crash landing thing and the way it looked was just amazing and the way that they they played up to it. And the companion's obviously really scared. So yeah. they haven't got to that Clara point yet where every threat in the universe is just a, oh, what was that? What was that? Let's sneeze over there. Oh, it's just yeah. a planet exploding. Oh, yeah, whatever. We haven't yeah. got to that, you know, level of selfish you know whatever so oh, they, mean, yeah. yeah so they're really scared i don't know what the hell's especially um yasmin she's you know she's freaking out a little bit mm-hmm. so the whole setup you know that whole bit where you know are we we're in space you know especially graham he's really funny so the way that they act with that that opening sequence i think that's a really good way to get them into the story there isn't this um whole backstory where we see them starting off the race however many mm-hmm days or weeks or months before that we actually mm. kick off right in the middle of what's going on you know they, yeah, they've scooped yeah. them up and they've uh, th- th- i thought that was also cool that they scooped them up not to save their lives but because that acts as like an extra a bonus, bonus. yeah so i like that at the end of the race so there's a little yeah. bit of cutthroat um, yeah. sort of mercenary kind of style going on which is really cool so in terms of characters like you said earlier chibbers is good at, he's a bit like our, uh, russell isn't he he's very good mm. at creating these nicely fleshed out characters, but you don't need to spend loads of episodes to get to know them. Yeah, exactly. So I thought they were cool. I like the chemistry between them and I like the chemistry with the, the TARDIS team as well. It's really cool. Mm. Obviously, the Doctor shuts so up pretty quick with the old Venusian. Yeah, Kido. The, 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 when she paralyzes him with one finger or one thumb, whatever it was. Mm. Did you like the mention of the Venusian, the, the Pertwee-esque kind of? yeah. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, again, it was a uh, a bit, you know, like like RTD used to do, just threw in a little, nothing too heavy uh, in terms of continuity, just a little nice little nod there, little nugget to the classic series yeah. if you so wanted to take it. So yeah, I did, I did like that bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think to the guy in the tent then? Um, I think his character name was it Lin or Il. I think it was Lin. I don't know. I, I didn't catch it. I think uh, in fact, it took me a while to catch anyone's name in this, to be fair, but yeah, I, I don't know what his name was, but Art Malik is the actor, yeah. isn't he? Who I've uh, seen in a few things. So yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Again, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again. We probably won't because he's quite a big actor, isn't he? But he was great for that part. He was. Yeah. Absolutely played it. And he played it nice and straight down the line as well. That sort of nice mix of evil but not too panto wasn't he he was just i thought he was really good yeah yeah he was um he he did have that yeah that sort of suave you know very self-assured um yeah thing going on but you could tell that his motives were purely because he, he obviously doesn't care at all about angstrom's family or anything like that he all he's interested in is like the glory of the race kind of thing and he sort of loves it all so I thought he had a great performance, but that the the whole idea of everything being a hologram as well that was interesting. Yeah, I like the I like the little line about the nose hair. She's like, "This is really good." Like, is it, yeah, I thought that was good. But I know he'd been about his character as well because it's great at the end when they're like, um, 
when they finally get to the end of the race and uh, Epso and Angstrom are like, what about these guys? Are you going to take them with you? And he's like, no. Yeah. And he clicks his fingers. He's got, you just get his character straight away. Straight away, know? yeah. Yeah, he's just going to leave them there. So not not a very nice uh, person, but uh, but a good performance, yeah. Yeah, needed for the story as well. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, okay, and then, right, so gone through story, characters and stuff. Let's talk about, before we get on to characters let's talk about the other big thing in the story then which was the TARDIS reveal TARDIS reveal yeah um so the the outside we've seen many times before this new slightly different version of blue if you like um they've ditched the St John's ambulance badge yeah that's gone uh and the door panel is black yeah it's now on the other side Uh, not on the other side but the handles on the other side yeah yeah do you like the outside? Because I love the outside. I think it's great. I do. I yeah. must admit, when it's first unveiled, I was that that door handle being on the left for some oh, yeah. reason <laughs> really irritated. I was just like, no, but no, I've really grown to absolutely love the look of it. It's weird. I think I said it before. I didn't because I hate the Colin Baker era color of TARDIS. That dark. This is quite. Well, I wouldn't say similar, but it's going down that route, isn't it, of being a darker blue. Yeah. But it just looks really good. I, I have to say, I I love the outside. Yeah. Yeah, and the white text on the black sign. Yeah, is a I like that. To the old Tom Baker TARDIS from. And Pertwee-esque, yeah. yeah. It looks metal as well. It looks like a metal because they're sort of three D lettering, isn't it? So. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the interior then. Hmm. So I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I'm not a fan of this one, buddy. No, not it's at all. Very, me- very, very messy. I think we need to see a bit more of it as well. I think, I think it know. could be one that grows on me. It could be one that I love because actually, if you just refresh the Doctor Who news page that we look at, they've just put some new photos on, literally just as we've recorded of the TARDIS interior. And I mean, if you look at these photos, it looks beautiful. There is one sort of shot looking down on the console with the floor around it. I don't know if you can see that. Yes. Yep. And it's all sort of lit up with orange lighting. So that looks lovely. But it is a very messy, steampunk, organic TARDIS. I can totally see where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sold on it yet. It, I need to see it more. And it was a bit dark as well. And I think a few people have said this. I, I texted you, didn't I, straight away saying, I hope she finds the light switch the next week. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it is yeah. a bit too dark for me. I think what they're trying to go for is that sort of Magantardis dark, gothic-y feel. But for me, they haven't quite got it right. I, I still don't know how I feel about the TARDIS box being inside it as well. You know, like, You've got like that sort of the entrance is the actual 3D right, TARDIS yeah. box. I still don't know if I quite like that or not. Um, yeah, it's not 100% working for me, mate. You've got that weird TARDIS crystal on the console as well. I'm not quite sure what that is. Yeah, it spins around, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like... don't know. It just It's just too messy for me. It just feels like there's bits everywhere and even the walls feel disjointed and you've got these weird crystal things going over and... Yeah. I don't know. There are bits of it I like, and and some of the colours and that in it are beautiful, but it's just too messy for me personally. I don't like all the, you know, all that, you know, like there's pipes and stuff underneath the console. It looks like a sort of kitchen sink. I think okay. Bill referred to it as that. It does, doesn't it? It's got like pipes and mm-hmm. yeah. wires, and I don't know. 
And then you've got the custard cream dispenser, which again is a bit Matt Smith in it with his jammy dodgers. Now it's custard creams. That's uh, cool, though. Yeah. I don't the know. Custard cream dispenser. I like that. Yeah. I'm just, I think it's okay. I'm just not 100% sold on it yet. I see what you mean, mate. It's, um, what do you think? Because I know you weren't, impre- you texted me and you were like, no, you didn't, it's not doing it for you. Yeah. It's a real shame for me because I wanted to, I, I thought this was going to be like, like the the best console or an interior that we've seen so far. I thought they were really going to go. And don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not that. Well, the the biggest problem for me is that it feels like a cross between Eccleston's interior Mm. and um, the McGann interior. Yeah. But smaller, it feels quite small. It's very it? small, and it's just too dark as well. That's it my is biggest too problem. Dark. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing—you can't appreciate it because I know they're going for that atmospheric feel, and mm. every TARDIS is different, and you appreciate that. Um, and like the the bits you said about the walls, they don't they don't connect and stuff. Mm. There is a there is a, a video on YouTube on the official Doctor Who channel where the the new um, production designer. Um, takes you through um, the the design of the TARDIS and walks you around it and explains why those things are there mm. and and all that. So that, it gives you a bit more of an eye opener there. And when he's walking around the set, it's lit a lot differently as well. It's yeah, you, you can see it. You know, it's a lot clearer. But I don't know. It just feels really small and dark. And I'm not really a fan of those round things that they've got around the walls. You know, the interconnecting things that you mentioned. They look like the key to time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the console itself, it's okay, but it's really, I don't know. It, 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 don't get me wrong. It feels like Doctor Who. It's got all the little bits on it, the quirkiness, and you can imagine Jodie running around it and flipping lots of different switches and turning things and all that. It, it, it feels like Doctor Who for sure, but. I just can't get into it, mate. I don't know what it is. And the, and the central column doesn't, we don't have the, the perfectly symmetrical. No, it's a crystal, isn't it? You know, it, now it's this, I don't know if that crystal's stationary either, whether it moves up and down or not. I really have no idea, but. We, we didn't see it move in the episode, but I think it moved in the little behind the scenes bit, but I'm oh, not right, sure. Right. I'm not sure. Right. Mean, yeah, again, I think the more I see it, the more we'll get to yeah. know it and get to like it, hopefully. The, the biggest issue for me is the fact it was so dark. I really mm. just wanted them to flick the lights up just a bit. You know, I wanted to see it more. It felt, to me, it feels more like this would be the Master's TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you if you, if this, if this they said, oh, this is Mrs. TARDIS or the Master's TARDIS, I'd be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's totally, you know, it's dark and moody. And, yeah, I can totally see the Master living in it. I'm just not, yeah, I just wanted them to turn the lights up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think I think it will grow on me. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm not sold on it yet. Feels a bit claustrophobic. It really feels, it feels small mm. and it feels dark. Yeah. And it feels so fragmented as well. Like nothing seems to flow in it. It's as if like they've, and they've obviously done this on purpose, but even the walls are different, each wall. Like you've got that sort of, like the bit you said, like the clockwork or whatever it is wall, and then you've got like another wall with some hexagonal bits on it. Oh, and then the you've blue got lights, yeah. The blue lights, yeah. and then, yeah, I don't know. It just all feels like it's just been cobbled together, which, as I said, is intentional, but I, yeah, I don't know. It just feels a bit messy to me. Yeah, nice little props on the console. They're like the hourglass that she turned upside down. I like the hourglass, yeah. And the little, the old 50s-looking studio mic and stuff. You know, it, it, 
some nice little bits there, and um, mm. you didn't see it in the episode, but around the the floor area, they've got this nicely lit little Gallifreyan symbols that go around the perimeter of the the little floor mm-hmm. bit that they stand on. You didn't see that in the episode, though. But um, yeah, so not doing it for us, I would say. I, I hope in yeah. I hope in this week's episode coming up that we get a, a shot from the top because I've got a feeling this set will look great looking down on it like you yeah. know like you said about the floor mm-hmm. and all the crystals yeah I d- maybe we just haven't seen it at its best yet and that could be again that could be Chibnall holding off a little bit more he showed us that he's given us a glimpse but yeah I hope we get to see more of it and uh, hopefully it's uh is shot from a different angle because I, I just need to see it in a different light really no I agree mate absolutely in every sense of the yeah. word yes yeah <laughs> yeah okay dokie what about um uh, the TARDIS team then. Yeah. So Ryan and Yasmin. So last week it was very, very focused on on those guys, especially Ryan. Uh, mm. Not so much this week, even more so for Yasmin. I thought that Ryan still got a little yeah. bit more of the lion's share. He did. So maybe they're just saving it up for maybe a, a more Yasmin-focused episode coming up. But um, still fantastic performances from those two, though. Still, I'm still you know. really liking them. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought we'd get to to know Yasmin a little bit better this week, but we didn't really. There was a couple of lines about her family uh, when she said something about her dad driving her mad and her sister wanting her to move out so she could have a room. So tiny little bit of backstory Mm. there, but that was about it. Um, Yeah, I thought Tosin Cole was good as Ryan. I I slightly picked up on the accent thing this week. You were (laughs) saying last week about him struggling to do that. That's uh, yeah accent, but uh, yeah, I noticed it a little bit this week, but I don't really mind that. Um, I thought he was good. I thought uh, I thought it was quite that scene where he was shooting the things was sort of ridiculous, but it was quite a comedy moment for him. So <laughs> I liked yeah. him. I do like the scene between him and Graham as well when he was saying about you know you, we don't talk about your mum since it happened. And he said you talk about it too much, and he's like you don't talk about it enough, and there's still that going on, and. Um, there's all this stuff about him calling him granddad as well. It's just, it is starting to feel a little bit forced. And I, I know, our good, yeah, yeah. I, no, no, just in the sense of, I know our good friend Martin Badwilf has said he's convinced it's so that the reason Graham keeps asking him to call him granddad is because he's convinced that Graham's going to die and that on the last, you know, just as he's dying, he'll finally call him granddad. And I, oh, right. I can't help but feel he might be onto something that because, and I hope Graham doesn't die, but. But it, yeah, it does seem odd. Like I don't know why. Why is he so? <laughs> why does he keep going on about the granddad thing? It's just like, mm. yeah. But but I thought it was a nice scene. That side, I thought it was a lovely scene between sure. those two again. And I think they do work really well. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm still really liking our our Tardis team. Um, just moving on to to Bradley, if I can. Uh, I just for me, kind of stole the episode a bit. I thought bit he like was last great. Week. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was great. He's really shining as um as Graham. I really, really like him. He feels the most natural actor yeah, out of yeah. all of them. His performance is the most real, I feel. Um, so for me, he's the he's, he was the best one in it, I thought. I really, really am liking Graham. Uh, he's funny. He's good when he needs to be serious, like at the start when he was saying to Angstrom, you know, you better go and pick those other two up. You know, they're our friends. Like he was, he's very good at the serious and comedy side uh bradley so for me he's the one I, I like all three of them but for me he's the one that i'm liking the best at the minute out of our new tardis team 
Uh, I want to know where the doctor got those shades from, though. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, but (laughs) she crash landed in in uh, Capaldi's jacket. I know. know. She didn't have anything in the pockets. She gets a new jacket. She hasn't got a TARDIS yet. So where did she get Audrey Hepburn's shades from? I know, mate. I know. (laughs) It's a bit, yeah, anyway, a, a very minor point, but he did rock those shades. He looked good in them. <laughs> he suited them. He did in a in a weird way. In a weird way. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you, mate. Graham, uh, Bradley Walsh is definitely, uh, is, for me, is the one that, that has settled into the, into the flow, the rhythm, the easiest, yeah. I would say. He's just um, a bit like with um, Sarah Jane. Um, Sarah Jane. Wilf. No. No, Donna. No, Sarah Jane, the lady that plays Sarah Jane. Elizabeth Sladen. There we go. I've forgotten the okay. act. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A bit like um, Liz Sladen. Just completely consistent every single time she's mm. on screen. I've got that vibe with him, the same as when I watch Sarah Jane. Okay. Right, just that yeah. sort of, you know, because he's like an older character and he's a, mm. you know, supposed to be a bit more wisdom and yeah, and that stuff. You can, you can tell that he's got that mature vibe about him. Oh, um, I, I love him. He reminds me of Wilf. He just reminds he me of that, yeah. that likable, you know, slightly crotchety, I don't yeah. know. I just really, I am really liking him. Yes. Yeah. No, he's great. Uh, and what about Jodie then? So, because mm. a concern that you had last week was she was a little bit zany uh, too yeah. often. You know, she was constantly cracking one-liners and all over the place and stuff. And in a way, like we said with the story, you can kind of, forgive that in a way because she's like post regeneration. So a lot of doctors are a little bit, you know, crazy, so to speak. Uh, in this one though, she should be settled down now. She's fully regenerated and she is the doctor and all that stuff. So same vibe for you or do you feel she's, she's better in this one in terms mm. of zaniness and stuff? No, I think actually she was she hasn't settled down as much as I'd hoped in all honesty. I, I'm still really liking her as the doctor, but she was still a little, I found, I found her slightly irritating in the oh, first no. 10 minutes, only no. a little bit. Right. It's just because she was, she's talking. It's not her fault. Actually, it's nothing to do with Jodie. It's more the script. She just was talking at a hundred miles an hour. And I suppose the best way I can describe it is I almost feel like she's trying just 10% too hard. You know, I, see. I just, right. I just prefer it like later in the second half of the episode when she just calms down a bit. And, you know, sort of just isn't so, uh, isn't just sort of throwing all this dialogue out at 100 miles an hour and being all zany and crazy. And, uh, you know, she's, and it's obviously the way she's been directed. It's the way she's been written. She's as being ultra high energy. And I just, I just prefer it when she tones it down more. So right. for me, she was much better in the second half of half the episode because I yeah I was, she didn't irritate me that's the wrong thing to say but I just liked it better when she was just calmer like when the guy's telling the story about his mum not catching him and she's like you know Epso your mum was wrong and all that and she you know when she's being serious she's a really good actress but yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure she's nailed the whole you know doing all the sort of techno babble and she's just a bit too high octane at times for me at, so far Okay. Um, personally, yeah. I'm still really liking her, but I just wish she'd just bring it down just 10%. Because when she does, I think she's great. Like the end of the episode, I thought she was fantastic. You know, all the stuff with the TARDIS. So it's quite 
you know, it's quite emotional when she first sees the TARDIS and she's talking to it. I mean, that's, you know, to, that's quite hard. It's, it's, an, awesome. it's, yeah. a, it's an object. Yeah. So to actually make those scenes, you know, work as well as they did, you know, she is a great actress. I just like it when she's at that level right. rather than being all this, like, you know, the, the beginning scene when she was talking to Aunt Malik's character in the tent and she was just, my God, the dialogue was so fast. I could hardly keep up with what she was saying. It was just, okay. you know, line and gag and line and techno <laughs> after what, so much to take in. And, um, yeah, I think it's more down to the way they've written her. And I think they've told her like, you know, she's sort of trying to be this high octane doctor all the time. And I, I just prefer it when she's calmer because I think that she's, you know, she's, she just hasn't quite settled into her doctor as much as I'd hoped by episode two yet for me personally. Do you know what I mean? Right. Still loving her, but I just want to see her more. I want to see a bit more gravitas in her performance. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen like that a moment yet when I've been like, yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I hope you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, like sometimes Tennant would just in the middle of everything, just like the ground would stop and you'd be like, oh my God, he is so the doctor. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite had that moment with Jodie yet. And we're only in episode two, still plenty of time, but I just haven't quite had that moment yet of thinking she is absolutely nailing this. I read you. I read you. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I know what you mean in terms of her being a bit high octane a lot of the time. I think that's, I think that's down to just how Jodie wants to play the doctor. I think she's just one of these very, she wants to be a real energetic, full of, you know, full of life and energy, you know, kind of doctors. Mm. It's like, um, She's got like a Matt Smith kind of vibe to her. A little bit, I but Matt, be, Matt was, see, Matt, I felt like Matt felt like the Doctor right from the 11th hour. I really just, he just, I don't know, he felt like the Doctor. He did, yeah. Jodie yeah. reminds me of McCoy. Jodie reminds me of when McCoy took over as the Doctor and he was just, he, he was the Doctor, but he just was a little bit too much of the high-octane comedy stuff. And series two, he settled down. And by series three, he was fantastic. I absolutely love McCoy's Doctor. But when I go back and watch his first series and a little bit of the second, but but mainly the first sort of McCoy era uh, series, I mean, he's just a little bit too OTT. And she's reminded me of that in her performance. So I love her as the Doctor, but she's just a little bit OTT at times. And I just prefer it when she calms down. Do you know what, mate? You're bang on the money with that. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. Um because I've watched the McCoy era plenty over the last year. I've watched loads of McCoy era over the last mm. year. And um, you're absolutely right. In that first series, especially, he's um, he, he doesn't feel like like the Doctor he is in his third series. Yeah, it's like you love him as the Doctor, but he's not quite got there yet. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah there are shades of that there where she's absolutely she's going for it and she's brilliant. You know, her performance, you can't really fault it because I think some of it, as you said, is down to the script a little bit. So in terms mm. of Jodie putting herself into it, you can't fault her for that. She's properly going for it. And she's, yeah, she, just, she, she didn't lead it for me enough. You know, I think someone said she looked like she's getting a bit lost with all her companions to a certain extent. I agree with that. I didn't feel like she was bit. leading yeah. the episode like the doctor should. Until sort of that last sort of 10 minutes, really. Yeah, we had that a lot with Capaldi. A lot, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where he'd have these little 
flashing moments of brilliance where you think, crikey, he's, you know, he's, he is the doctor, like you said, and he's in control and, and stuff. And I, I, I do agree with you because a lot of me, a big part of me thinks that she's brilliant as the doctor and she's so good. And the way she's playing it is, is awesome. But I think it's, do you know what, mate, it might be Chibbers because she was like this in the last week's episode where she's very zany and, you know, crazy for high octane. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this comes down to the story as a whole as well. I think from next week, because we said last week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We said from next week, I think we're going to see this. But I truly believe that. I think these first two stories that have been written by Chibbers are potentially not going to be, well, I know for a fact they're not going to be the strongest out of Jodie's era. Yeah. Probably this series as well. So I think I think from next week will be a, a, another one of those true tests where we've got another writer on who's 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 done... Um, the business on it and although Chibbers has overseen it we'll have to make we'll have to see what happens because we had this with mm. Moff didn't we where some of his episodes he wrote were brilliant for the RTD era but when he was showrunner some of those stories weren't exactly cutting yeah. the mustard and when other writers were brought on board you could see that they really wanted to be great but the Moff just kind of had his fingers in a few pies <laughs> that's and, right yeah so he would always be hovering around yeah. yeah so we'll see what happens whether Chibbers gives somebody you know, gives these other writers complete full reign to do whatever they want to an extent within reason um, and really go for it or whether he's going to be sort of there overseeing, looking over the shoulder like, well, I wouldn't write that like that if I were you and I'd yeah. change that bit if I were you. Let's just see what happens. But I think it's, I think that Chibbers has done a fantastic job of getting everything rocking and rolling. Definitely, yeah. It, it's just a case of his writing potentially isn't as good as some of the other writers will get to see, I think. Yeah, I th- I, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting journey for yes. sure. Yes. Mm. Uh, anything you want to mention before we do our scores? Only that I love the fact that they referenced the green police box uh, that is a real thing. Oh, a real thing, uh, yeah. Now, I assume it's in Sheffield. Isn't it is, it? There's this, yeah. There's this strange old green police box mm-hmm. um you know, still on the streets and uh, we believe in Sheffield. And it did get a little mention in this as a throwaway line, but I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. You know, I liked that. Um, so, yeah, but apart from that, um, I think I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say. Just looking at my notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the last thing for me very quickly is I wanted to hear more of the cool music that we heard in episode one. Mm-hmm. I think in episode one, it was full of music. And it was had various types of themes, especially Jodie's theme. We heard that a little bit in this one, but not yeah. quite as much as we did in the first one. So in this one, I thought the music was nice. It was not too intrusive like some of Murray's music tended to be. Mm. But I just really fell in love with the various different themes that we heard in the first episode. And I assumed that we would they would carry over and we'd hear them in this one. But I just don't remember hearing them as much as I did in the first one. But Otherwise, yeah. it was still, still, music was still decent. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I know what you're saying. It, it was slightly more in the background this week. Um, I'm still hoping we get a soundtrack, though. I'm loving the, mm. the, the, the instrumental music in this, yeah. yeah. In, so far, yeah. Whose turn is it to go first? I think it's me, isn't it? I think it's me this week. Yeah, it is, yeah. I believe. Um, it's quite an easy one for me this week. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Okay. 
servant because uh, I thought it was a decent story and production wise very good and and all that uh, it just didn't reach the levels that I think it could have so right. yeah yeah okay. a seven seven for decent for decent but not okay. but not amazing uh, yeah that is a snap for me as well that is, is it a, really okay interesting seven for me mm. yeah um just the, exactly the same reason as you buddy it's just um it's one of those it's one of those stories where in there somewhere is a is a, a belter of a story yeah it's just obscured by other stuff interference stuff but yeah mm. sevens 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 Right, what did our listeners think? We had a few people comment and sending clips, etc. Let's go straight in with an audio clip. This is Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, the Ghost Monument. I like the new Tyler's interior, the Venusian Aikido, and the new opening titles. Aside from that, this was same old, same old. We've seen this before and done it in a way that feels less tired. I can muster up more enthusiasm for the Monk trilogy from last series that I got bored of than I can for this. Heck, even in The Forest of the Night, one of the most pointless episodes of Doctor Who ever at least tried to do something different, this does the same stuff we've seen before, just it looks prettier. I give it five new TARDIS interiors out of ten. Here's hoping the next episode is better. See ya. Oh dear, Sammy not impressed. I do kind of agree with her, actually. I do. A wee bit. Yeah, I can yeah. see where you're coming from, Sammy. Uh, let's have a look over on Twitter. Uh, Raven Muse um, says, looks fantastic. Uh, the episode was action-packed, and obviously the budget is huge. Which it ten- it looks like the budget's big. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yes. Uh, and he goes on to say, um, uh, it looked like a lot of effort is being put into it, not just financially. Sitting down to watch it feels like an event again. But that part yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, our writer, Jordan Shortman, uh, says, yeah, as a whole, it was great. Uh, the effects are amazing, and it kind of felt like Keys of Marinus. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, love the outside of the TARDIS, but I must admit, I'm not keen on the inside. Uh, it could have done mm. with being a bit brighter, but bring on next week. Um, he also says the cinematography and effects were stunning. Uh, the bit where the spaceship crashed on the planet chasing after Bradley and Ryan was amazing. And the location work has been beautiful too. Yes. Yes. Uh, Doctor Who Thing. <laughs> Doctor Who Thing. It uh, says, uh, if they could have set, sat in the night section for 15 minutes or more, rather than felt like a two minutes, it would have been nice. Didn't feel spooky enough. Yes. Yes. Uh, John Winston Scott says, it felt a bit like a Hartnell vibe about the whole quest with this one, um, uh, which was nice. Uh, Rotide says, I personally didn't like it. And when I've seen, um, uh, when I saw clips of it online, I just thought they were a bit, uh, but apart from that, it was pretty good, very atmospheric and cool. Um, and most importantly, um, it looked good. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did yes. look good. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Natalie Harris says, I'm sorry to say uh, that it was pretty awful. <gasps> uh, the writing is terrible. Uh, come to daddy. I mean mummy. Mm. And none of the companions are engaging or funny. I'm hoping uh, Jodie Whittaker <laughs> stops asking questions and acting so bloody confused. She's meant to be the doctor. Well, okay. I kind that's kind of what I was alluding to when I said I haven't she hasn't quite 
got into the doctor mode for me is I do want to see her a bit more in charge rather than looking a little bit lost. Yes. So I do know what you mean there. Yes. Mm. Uh, Darren Colt Dissection said it was great, very much a character piece once again, fleshing out the characters for the remainder of the series. The epicness was there, the TARDIS was fantastic, and the title sequence is one of the best ever. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, I read out the wrong review from Roadtide earlier. Uh, they say that uh, they love the episode. Oh, uh, the episode okay. didn't really have a plot, but it was more of a fight for survival for the characters. Um, let's have a look. The Green Korean, Green Korean one says, um, everything about the series is lush <laughs> and beautiful, uh, except where it matters the most. The plot, I'm enjoying the show, but not as much as I hoped I would. Oh. Uh, Craig Matthew says, I found it boring. Mm. Was looking at the clock halfway through. Didn't feel the threat of the floating bandages was credible. <laughs> Although enjoyed performances of the main cast, particularly Graham, who is becoming my favourite, Jodie yeah. was solid, but still need to see more. 5.5. Floating bandages. I like yes. it. Uh, I'm going to pick out just a couple more. Let's have a look. Time Lord 0902 says, visually stunning, but story is once again lacklustre. Uh, mm. Not thrilled with Graham Ryan or inside the TARDIS. Jodie reminds me too much of Tennant. Hopefully she can put her own stamp on the character. On the plus side, the opening theme has a nice classic Who feel. I, now that's a good point. Put her own stamp on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what, what Jody's stamp is yet. That's a very good point. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and lastly on Twitter, Jessica, Jess, awesome Jess, says, I really liked it, but there were things that bugged me. Water full of nasty microbes, but yet they ran through wet tunnels with no concern. That's a good point. Uh, visually, it was great, and enjoying getting to know the team a little more, 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before Facebook, let's do our second audio clip. This is Martin Arnold. Hello, hello, hello. Episode two, brilliant. Um, I don't know what else I need to say for the next 50 seconds of this review. Um, that was brilliant. The first episode was brilliant. This season um, is so far two for two. I love the title sequence. I actually wish it could be a little bit longer because I'm loving the psychedelic feel. Um, I thought the production was an absolutely spot on. Uh, the, the choice of shots, the visuals were fantastic. I thought the story worked really well. Um, pacing was was superb. I, I felt it didn't uh, outstay its welcome. It wasn't too underwhelming or too esoteric or weird. And the payoff with the TARDIS was absolutely spot on. I love the design. It looks really different, really alien. Um, uh, this is just fantastic. I'm absolutely blown away by what they've done so far, and I really hope it continues. Um, 10 out of 10. Thanks very much. Wow. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to, yeah. 10 out of 10. 10. Glad you enjoyed it, mate. Nice, buddy. Mm. Uh, over on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> He's probably switched off our review by now. <laughs> Throwing the cassette player at the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over on Facebook, Leslie Shergold said, really enjoyed it. Better than the opener. I gave that a seven, so I better give this an eight. Oh. Uh, loved the McGann big finish theme music. Although the visuals were a little too busy, the whole episode just looks beautiful. Where whatever shiny new camera is being used, they did a splendid job. Mm. Um, uh, I haven't got time to read through all of these uh, Lawrence Baxter um, hello from Prague hello uh, enjoyed this episode I thought it was a strong second episode and looked great tense in places funny at times um, and lots of questions thrown up like the timeless child comments uh, it goes on to give it seven flying cloths out of ten <laughs> uh, Jeff Waddle who's been a, a tough critic in previous years. He's a tough nut to crack. Quite liked last week. 
Uh, mm. This week he says, I'm surprised how much I liked this, especially oh. given the mixed response I've seen. A good straightforward story. The show has never looked better and the theme is the best since it came back. Sinister villains and the TARDIS looks great. Jodie and Bradley steal the show again. Don't know why I ever doubted she'd make a good Doctor. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Jeff, loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Howarth, really enjoyed the episode. Uh, Jodie is really growing on me and I've only seen her for two episodes. Really feel like the TARDIS crew, particularly Bradley Walsh's character, um, and liking the new TARDIS interior. Eight out of ten. Miles McKenzie, I loved it. A great continuation from last week's, although maybe some pacing issues in the middle. Mm. Uh, I do feel Jodie was being a bit too dramatic with the Sonic, with the massive sort of arm actions uh, yeah. she did when going to point it. But um, apart from that, I really enjoyed her performance um, as well as the rest of the cast. Uh, goes on to give it an 8.5. Mm. Uh, Lewis Palmer really dug this one, uh, getting a mixed response from fans. But for me, everything about it just worked. Uh, the opening 10 minutes with long, unbroken tracking shots and beautiful landscapes was breathtaking. And mm. it's undeniably the best-looking Doctor Who ever made. Uh, the plot felt very classic and was reminiscent of stories like Enlightenment. It was a proper adventure taking us to a wide variety of locations. Uh, it goes on to give it a 7.5. And lastly, Jason Thayer. Uh, I wasn't expecting the TARDIS this quickly. Uh, I like the new opening and the new interior. The story was pretty good too. A 7 out of 10. 7. Seven. Thank you very much, guys. I haven't got time to read them all out because some of you left quite long reviews, but thank you so much for those. Um, did you have anything on the Geek's Handbag? Oh, I did. I did. I had a massive response on Geek's Handbag. Um, I, I, yeah, I haven't got time to read them out because I had literally 40 plus <laughs> comments. So I, all I'll say is that, you know, um, I, I do enjoy reading them all. So keep keep posting on there. But it was a, a very mixed response I got. I would say the majority of people on Geek's Handbag really enjoyed it. Uh, most of the comments I got, about 80% really loved it. Um, about 20% were unsure uh, and about 10% said it was boring. So it was a real mixed response to this one. Right. right. Yeah, it, it was mostly sort of getting sort of anywhere between 7 to 9 out of 10 okay. out on Geek's Handbag. So. Yeah. yeah, I think compared to last week, that got on a sort of majority, really high score. Yeah. This one is good, like you said, but just not quite, not quite as good as last week it, in terms it, of scores anyway. Exactly. It didn't quite get that reaction of last week. Mm. Righto. Yeah, as Adam said, we do read all of the reviews. and Oh, yeah, I love reading them. You yeah. go through and I like all of them and stuff, and we do read them. It's just, that you know, time and stuff. But yeah. anyways, next week, we're continuing, aren't we, with um, Series 11, obviously. What's next week, dude? It's um, Rosa. Rosa. Rosa yeah. Parks. Rosa Parks story. Uh, quite looking forward to this one. I've just noticed that the Chibnall is still lingering in the background so it's written by uh mallory blackman and chris chibnall right, uh, right. this episode uh so the tardis team are going back to uh, 1955 to the deep south of america yes. um yeah i am looking forward to this one i think it's an interesting uh, well i think it's a very important subject so it'll be interesting to see how they mm. how they tackle it um so yeah rosa next week next week okay and i think we'll do there mate for 206 all right Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us and ploughing through 
episode <laughs> 206. It's been awesome talking through some cool news and merch and our review for the Ghost Monument. I'm not surprised at the scores, if I'm being honest with you. I knew that this no. one would would need to be something pretty special if it was going to outclass the opener, which everybody was hyped for and everything. So we shall see how the series continues as we get into episode three next week. So um, we'll be asking you a lot for your reviews and thoughts and stuff. So uh, we, we post every Monday on, on the socials asking for your thoughts and stuff. So look out for that. It's always very cool. Thank you so much. And for those guys that send in audio clips and all that jazz, it's very, very cool. Thank you. Uh, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk all of our episodes on there for you to listen and download plus you can link off to all of the social accounts from there we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram we chat plenty of Doctor Who throughout the week in between shows so give us a like follow and a sub whatever on there it's all good Uh, there's also buttons on there to go off to the podcast networks Um, so we're on most of those just give us a search Uh, The biggest one is iTunes. Um, Just give us a sub on there so you don't miss a show when it lands on a Friday. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could spare a minute for a review and a rating, that would be awesome because that really helps. So thank you to all of those that have left reviews so far. Very, very kind of you. Thank you so much. Also check out Adam's YouTube channel, The Mm. Geek's Handbag. Geeks just, <laughs> just do a search on YouTube for the Geeks Handbag. You can't miss yeah. his little face on there. Um, loads and loads of cool reviews. Um, just so many. Just awesome. Honestly, you can lose an hour just going through Hours all of his videos. Life. Yeah. Uh, Adam is also on all the social stuff. So yep. same name. Just do a search for the Geeks Handbag. You'll find him across all of that stuff. So give him a like and a follow. Because like yep. I said, we all chat plenty of who during the week. So we next do. week... We'll look forward to you for 207 and uh, reviewing the episode Rosa. Uh, we'll see what we think about that one. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, <gasps> it's, it's 